Hey, yo, say hello to the bad guy, Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-top WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Adabim, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. Just no, no, no. The world is listening. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. Merry Christmas, everybody. Don, we now are gay apparel. Doesn't get much gayer than this. Santa! Yeah. What a stuffed elephant. A pink one. Well, wish in one hand, ship in the other one, see which one fills up first. Okay. Lights, please. As we all know, Christmas is that mystical time of year when the ghost of Jesus rises from the grave to feed on the flesh of the living. So we all sing Christmas carols to lull him back to sleep. Outrageous! How dare he say such blasphemy? I've got to do something. Bob, there's nothing you can do. Well, I guess I'll just have to develop a sense of humor. Merry Christmas to all and to all shut the hell up. Ho, ho, ho! It's time for the Wrestling News Live Christmas Craptacular! Happy birthday, Jesus! Yeah, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town, Santa Claus is coming to town. Welcome to the 2012 WNL Christmas Craptacular. I am, of course, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy. And I'm joined tonight on the broadcast 
by none other than the Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella. Man, do we have a great show in store for you guys tonight. Tony, what is going on, man? Deck the halls with bells of holly. Fa la 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 la. I mean, we can sing, right? For the most part, I think we can. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be great if we like sang through the whole show. That wouldn't work. No, I think most most of the time we probably think we're better singers in our mind than the people listening to the show do. But you know, every once in a while we tickle the ivories and have a little fun. Yeah, not like AJ Lee tickling the ivories by kissing everyone in the men's locker room. But there you go. No, no, no. Actually, something usually tickles her ivories, but uh, <laughs> that's another story entirely. Yeah. We don't want to spoil the festive mood. No, we don't, man. But speaking of festive moods, how you been, man? What's Are you enjoying your, your, your holidays? I know that you told me the other day that you were glad to have a week off from work. I mean, what is going on in the household of the Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella? Well, it's funny because a lot of times on the weekend, and you know how it is, and, and probably worse for you because you've got kids and, and a wife, and you know you run around sometimes more on the weekend getting shit done than you do during the week. So I've been running around, got uh, all my food arrangements set for Tuesday, and it just sucks that my mom has to work, so she's going to be coming coming over late. But other than that, I'm pretty much ready to go, and just this week I'm looking forward to staying home where I'm not getting a fucking surgery or being home for a reason i don't want to be home so all's pretty good well that's good to hear man you know as far as i'm concerned um you know it's been an interesting couple days kids out of school obviously over the christmas holidays so um it's been a it's been a good experience to have all three girls at home we've been decorating the tree and i know um by the time you guys listen to this it'll be christmas day i know that uh we're recording this on a sunday night so uh, we got Christmas Eve coming up for us, and we're going to be doing uh, a movie marathon like we always do on Christmas Eve. Probably break out the old Home Alone 1 and 2 uh, for Christmas Eve this year because I'm a big fan of the Home Alone movies. Yeah, me too. I, I enjoyed both of them. 3, I got to say, I wasn't too thrilled with. Maybe I think 3 was the one without Macaulay Culkin, correct? Yeah, they've made 5 now, believe it or not. There's really? like... Wow. Yeah, I, I was watching uh, one of the stations, and they said something about the newest Home Alone, Home Alone 5, and I'm like, yeah, they ended when Macaulay left. So after 2, there really is no Home Alone, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I never, I love the movies, but I never got, I mean, I would have punt-kicked that little motherfucker down the street, but <laughs> he just, you know, moved to another house, fellas. You're obviously too damn stupid, but it was, it was, yeah, one of my favorites. I may end up watching that maybe later on tonight or or tomorrow night. I haven't seen Home Alone in a minute. I hear you, but uh, we're going to watch that and obviously, you know, do some family stuff. And uh, my father-in-law has actually been here for the better part of the week, and he took the kids to uh, Banff, which is about an hour outside of Calgary, uh, in the mountains. And, uh, you know, they had a good day. So, uh, it, you know, it's been cool having having family here and, you know, just kind of doing the, doing the holiday stuff with the kids. been nice. Yeah, and, and you make a point that you and I hadn't even thought of as of yet. We're still here, man. It, it Once again, you know, the end of the world was wah, wah, wah. So. Way to go, Mayans. Epic fail. Yeah. You know, it was like Friday. I was like, okay. You know, then it got to the time when they said like 620-something it was supposed to happen. I was like, okay. I mean, it was just, you know, guys, you'll never know when it's going to happen. When it when it happens, it happens. Just, you know, I love people who sell their houses and shit. <laughs> well, you know, I love people that go out and spend all their money and 
you know, uh, basically burn through their credit cards because they think the world's going to end. I love the fact that all the car dealerships were doing a big end-of-the-world sale where you didn't have payments uh, till the first of the year, and if the world ended, you never had to make a payment. Yeah, I can't believe that some people actually use that as an advertising, you know, wow. Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, it's always interesting, and I watched a lot of doomsday prophecy stuff, you know, going into Friday, and, uh, you know, to me it was funny. I never thought the world was officially going to end. Um, I, I was worried that, you know, we might have some kind of cataclysm somewhere, maybe an earthquake or a volcanic eruption, but, you know, nothing happened. The skies weren't filled with ash. The ground wasn't shaking beneath me. So uh, all in all, this apocalypse was pretty lame. Yeah, unless it, my theory is perhaps the world did end and the afterlife is just the same old shit. Yeah, there you go. Maybe nothing really changed. But uh, as you know, this week has been the WWE week on USA. And, of course, we saw Raw on Monday night, uh, the Super Smackdown on Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday, they aired Tribute to the Troops. Unfortunately, I've yet to see Tribute to the Troops, as I thought they were going to air it uh, on Saturday on the score. I don't know if they did or not. I don't recall seeing it, so I don't know if it's going to play on Christmas Day this year or what. But uh, I have not seen it. But one of the things we're going to talk about on the show right now is we're going to kind of go over the results of what happened at one of my favorite shows of the year, Tribute to the Troops. Yeah, we'll check this out, definitely. And, you know... The show opened up with Lillian Garcia singing the national anthem, of course, which I never get tired of hearing that woman sing. I mean, sing the national anthem. She does such an outrageous job with it. Best version uh, ever. Like, you know, Whitney Houston sang it at one of the Super Bowls one year, you know, and did a good job. Actually, no, she lip synced, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, you know, Whitney Houston has a great voice. I've heard her sing the national anthem. But nobody gets the, re- the emotional response out of the national anthem better then Lillian Garcia, you know, I remember uh, on September 13th at that, that first SmackDown after September 11th, you know, she belted it out. And, you know, ever since then, every time she does it, it just sends chills up and down my back. That girl is amazing for the national anthem. Yeah. And I mean, that's really when I became a Lillian Garcia fan. That's really when I, she she won me over when she sang that national anthem right after 9-11 to this day. I mean that that version. You, how how they haven't asked her to do a Super Bowl, or maybe if the WWE just won't allow it, but she could definitely do it with no problem, no doubt. But Kid Rock was there too, and he played some songs for uh, everyone in attendance. And our opening match was Sheamus and Randy Orton against Big Show and Dolph Ziggler, and the match originally ended with Ziggler and the Big Show getting counted out intentionally. But Booker T came out and restarted the match, and Sheamus ended up pinning the Big Show uh, following an RKO and a, and a white noise. So there you have it. Uh, interesting, the matches usually on Tribute to the Troops are, don't usually follow the storylines, I've noticed. It's really just for, you know, entertaining the troops, and, and that's what it should be about. Well, you know, th- this match that had RKO, excuse me, Randy, Randall Keith Orton RKO in the match, this is the match where he got injured, actually. Yes. So there you go. Tribute to the troops. You get to see Orton get his uh, hand injured. Man, I tell you, between Orton and freaking Sin Cara, I mean, it's like these guys are, wow, it, it's amazing. It's, I feel bad for them in one way, but, you know, I don't, I don't know what causes it. Just some guys are injury prone. We've seen it for years. I don't know, man. But we had Ryback going up against Alberto Del Rio. 
and Ryback goes over via DQ because Ricardo interfered and Ryback ended up hitting the shell shock on Ricardo and then on Del Rio. So I take it from reading this, it sounds to me like Alberto Del Rio not going to be a face now. He's going to go back to being a heel because they kind of tease the, the face turn for Alberto Del Rio. Well, my question is, when when was he, and unfortunately I don't have the info of when Tribute to the Troops was actually recorded. Because I know it wasn't a live event, correct? No, it was not. So I don't know. Maybe this was before his face turn. It's possible. It's interesting that they would put that out there if they knew what plans were going going on. But I, I actually hope, you know, I don't like Del Rio as a face with his current gimmick. It's, we've talked about this. It just doesn't work. I don't know. But we'll have to we'll have to see. I mean, I think they want him to, to be what Sin Cara can't be, apparently. So I don't know. But we have a backstage segment with Brian and Kane. And they say they don't want a third partner because they only want a team with each other. And Daniel Bryan says little Jimmy is their third partner. And R-Truth tells them little Jimmy is at a wedding. And R-Truth will be their partner against 3MB. So, okay. We have Team Hell No and R-Truth go over the three-man band, of course. R-Truth getting the pinfall with the what's up. So, I don't know. It seems like they're pushing these guys, but they're not. You know, I don't know what they're doing with 3MB. I don't think they know what they're doing with 3MB. I, I, you know, look, I have no problem with Drew McIntyre or Jinder Mahal or even Heath Slater. They're doing better than I thought they would. But let's be honest. I mean, these guys are the three guys that just, you know, which one doesn't go with the other? I mean, seriously, you've got a Scotsman, uh, an Indian, and, and, you know, a Southern redneck. These guys do not, I mean, they, they go together like peanut butter and lamb. I, it just it doesn't make sense to me, man. I'm sorry. Um, I just I really don't know where they're going with this. We're the three man band. I don't know. I don't know if they WWE actually spends money on having them put out an album. I mean, that would be such a colossal fail. It'd be awesome. I think I'd buy it just for a joke, just for a fucking laugh. I, I don't know, man. That, these three guys, I, I don't know what, I agree with you. It's like, they don't know what to do. But Layla beat Eve quickly in a non-title match. That's interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> we have the Muppets, and they're on Miz TV. And during this whole segment, Damian Sandow comes out, and he insults the Muppets. So that that's your celebrity portion of tribute to the troops. I don't know. I don't mind. I usually don't mind the Muppets on Raw. I, I'm, I'm a Muppets fan. I grew up watching the Muppets, so I think they're they're funny as shit. And I, it never bothers me seeing the Muppets. I mean, they were awesome on Raw, too. Oh, I love the Muppets. Uh, yeah, that was That's one of the things that uh, my dad got me into when I was younger. I mean, uh, you know, growing up, I was born in the, you know, the mid-70s. I, you know, I was born in 1974. So by the time Star Wars had rolled around and they were having Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher on the Muppet Show... I was old enough to watch the Muppets and comprehend what was going on, and uh, my dad was such a huge fan of the Muppets, and so I always got to, I, 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 you know, I take things for granted, but I always respected the fact that my dad um, loved watching stuff like that with me, and, and so that was always cool. Yeah, yeah, I saw all the movies, and I, you know, used to watch, of course I watched Sesame Street the same exact way you did, and every living person on the planet my age did, and our age, so... But the Muppets were a must, too, growing up, definitely. But apparently this leads to a match between The Miz and Damian Sandow. 
and The Miz goes over with the skull-crushing finale. Now, for your absolute fucking, you know, most over match of the night, the great Kali, Sinkara, Hornswoggle, and Brodus Clay beat another stunning group of people, Lord Fatass, David Otunga, Primo, and Epico. Whose job more, man? Primo and Epico or fucking Zack Ryder? Oh, unequivocally and easily answered, Zack fucking Ryder. This guy can go to any arena and tell you how many lights are on the ceiling. Oh, man. I told you, man. He's a, he's a light inspector. But, okay, again, these matches are, are fun. We had Flo Rida there, and he performed some songs for everybody in attendance. And in our final match of the night, we had John Cena against your intercontinental champion. <coughs> excuse me. And to, oh, no, excuse me. I deserve a buzzer for that. We had John Cena up against your U.S. champion, Antonio Cesaro. And, uh, and John Cena wins with the attitude adjustment. But in my defense, neither of those belts really mean shit right now, so it's easy to get them confused. Understandable. I'll, I'll give you a pass on that one. But, I mean, it was an you know, entertaining show. I mean, what I like about Tribute to the Troops is they kind of put, put the pause button on storylines and it's all done just for the wrestling and to, of course, entertain the troops. And as always, I've said it since year one, uh, kudos to the WWE for doing that every year for these guys. I, I think it's well-deserved, and uh, I'm very proud of the company, and I'm, I'm proud of JBL for originally su you know, suggesting this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was probably one of the, uh, you know, I'm sure Vince McMahon uh, thinks about it all the time, you know, what a great idea it was, and, you know, especially... Uh, when everything kind of broke loose in 2003 and we, we ended up going to war, you know, it just it's always nice to be able to provide some type of entertainment for the troops that are out there risking their lives. And, you know, I have nothing but respect for our members of military. I mean, my, my dad was in the Air Force for 20 years. Uh, my uncle was, you know, actually served in Vietnam and kind of messed him up. So I've always been a supporter of the military. Um, I never actually joined the military myself. But, uh, you know, I've always supported it. Yeah, I hate to say it because my grandfather was in the Navy for 20 years. I just don't think I'd have the guts for it. I mean, obviously, I can't. I'm what's called 4F. But, um, you know, definitely. What I liked on the show, too, is Michael Cole actually acknowledges that it was on air. He acknowledges it was uh, JBL's idea. And JBL said, yeah, but, you know, it, it's not about me right now. It's about, you know, about these troops and He's really a patriot. I mean, I remember if you guys saw the Raw. No, I don't think. Was there a Raw? No, it was Tuesday. The SmackDown after 9-11. I mean, JBL, back when he was still had the beard and the long hair, he fucking just went off, man. You could see the, the, the anger when he cut his promo on what happened. So he's always been a patriot. And you know what? That, kudos to him again for coming up with this idea. Just, you know, a good show every year. I agree. And like I said, I'm looking forward to actually watching uh, watching Tribute to the Troops over the next couple of days, um, you know, just because, again, it's one of my favorite shows every year. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to see it before we went to air tonight, but uh, it is on my list of things to do over the next few days. Yes, sir. You, make, you made your list, checked it twice. Yeah, and Santa already knows I've been naughty, not nice. Yep. I don't know, man. Getting that lump of coal. Well, you know, since it's the holiday season, uh, you sent me something that I want to play. And uh, for those of you that have never listened to a Christmas Craptacular before, 
you're going to get a kick out of this. Um, you know, our, our late friend JSK, who uh, was obviously a, a part of WNL for many, many years, one of the founding fathers of WNL, uh, on the first ever Christmas Craptacular, he made a comment that to this day I still laugh my ass off. And for those of you that have never heard this comment, what a great way to start things off tonight uh, with JSK and Christmas. With all the crap that is going on in the world today, the one thing that brings the whole world, and I'm talking about the planet, people, I'm not just talking about the world. <laughs> I remember listening to that show live. That was one of the, uh, I think it was back in 2005 or 2006. And I remember sending a phone call in, uh, you know, much like we ask the listeners to do every year for the Craptacular. Because at that point I was a part of WTR. And I remember listening to that show and just dying laughing over that. Christmas is celebrated all over the planet. You're not just the world, but the planet, people. Oh, well, JSK. But my other favorite part, which I wanted to get to, was when he goes... He goes on this rant because he and Trey are talking about, which to this day is something that pisses me off. You can get sued or get in trouble for saying Merry Christmas to certain people. And JSK is going on for about two minutes. And, you know, God damn it, you know, it should be Christmas. I mean, look, everything's getting so political. I mean, you know, in, oh, I can't remember what state it was. You cannot buy certain Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, you cannot buy certain types of sex toys, and I could actually hear Trey move his headset, and he's like, "How do you know that?" And JSK's like, "Well, I know my sex, Trey." <laughs> yes, JSK knew about the sex toys. Let me tell you, folks, that he was a very knowledgeable man. Yeah, that there were a few what the fuck moments in that show, but I mean, you know, that's a topic that it's it's not as bad as it was back in like '05 when they did the show. But, I mean, still, to this day, it's like, really? You're going to sue me if I say Merry Christmas? I, I fucking hate people like that. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, listening to people record holiday messages and, you know, uh, just listening to people talk, it, you know, I'm old school, man. I still, you know, and if people get offended when I say, you know, Merry Christmas, I'm sorry. But that's the way I was brought up. To me, that's the only way to do it. And I, I will never say Happy Christmas. You will always hear me say Merry Christmas. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Those are what, that's what you're going to hear from me. I, I have no qualms about you know, saying what I believe in. I've just never been a, a, you know, a fan of this, oh, well, you can't say that. It's not politically correct. Well, I can say whatever I want. And for years, people did. Society today is just crazy. I don't know. I don't understand it. But it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, you tell me, hey, Happy Hanukkah, I'm not going to punch you in the face. I'll just ignore it and say thanks you know i mean look come on people are just i don't know man i don't know i don't know it is crazy but i want to take things on a lighter note um got got a got a popular feature here on the craptacular i think we did this last year and uh it was a part of my unplugged show for a while that people really enjoyed but uh you know most of you know that i am a father of three little girls i say little but the oldest is 16 of course um but I have for you a special holiday edition of Lexi's World. Oh. Oh, yeah. This is going to be good. And, and Lexi's not by herself. She's joined by her older sister, Sienna. Just sit back and enjoy the mind of children, folks. There's nothing more precious. Mm-hmm. 
It's time for Lexi's Corner, where Lexi tells you about professional wrestling. All right, guys, joining me on Lexi's World this weekend, your holiday weekend, Christmas 2012. I have, well, of course, the girl herself, Lexi, but we're also being joined by Sienna as well. Girls, say hello. Hello. And uh, tonight on Lexi's World, I think what we're going to do, since it's the Christmas season and it's all about, you know, giving and it's about being with your families and doing the things that you enjoy, what would you get uh, your favorite WWE superstars for Christmas this year? Sienna, we'll start off with you. Who would you get a Christmas gift and what would you get them? give John Cena he's my favorite superstar in the world like he's amazing so I would give him a race car driver thing with his action figure in it with his face on the side of the car of course you give that to John Cena John Cena yes correct Lexi what would you get John Cena for Christmas um I'll give him some wins since he's lost lost every match this year that's a good one that's a good one no it's not that, hey, Sienna, he has seriously I lost. I disagree. He's lost every match this year. Well, yeah, but you gotta think. You gotta think positive, because he can win more. I mean, because he's like amazing. Okay, did you not understand what the question was? She said she would give him more wins because he's lost everything. This oh, year. oh, okay, yeah. It well, wasn't. A, it wasn't a cut on John Cena. Get over it, child. Well, he could get them without her, but but that's actually okay. So anyway, you would get him a car. She would get him more wins. I like hers better. I don't. I know you don't. Uh, okay, Sienna, so that's your first superstar. Who else would you get a present in the WWE? Seamus. Since he looks like Ronald McDonald, <laughs> I I would give him a McDonald's gift certificate. So hold on a second. Seamus looks like Ronald McDonald. Can you explain to the listeners why he looks like Ronald McDonald? Okay, if you look at his face and then you go to McDonald's and you know how they have that little playset for the kids? Look at Ronald McDonald. See how he has pasty skin, too. And then, look at Seamus. He's got red hair. Look at Ronald McDonald's. So does he. Wow. And so they're coming, white. Co- coming soon to a McDonald's near you, Seamus is Ronald McDonald. Hey, fella, would you really like a white. cheeseburger, fella? Exactly. Exactly. So, Lexi, your turn. What would uh, Name another superstar you would get something for. Titan Kid a bear because he it's like kid in his name, so Titan Kid would have a bear. So you would get Tyson Kidd a teddy bear? That's very sweet. Tyson Kidd, if you don't know, is one of her favorites because they got a nice phone call from Tyson Kidd last year. Yeah, it was amazing. I stole the phone from her and just started to yap on the phone. He called for her, but I took the phone. And she was hanging on the phone because she loved him. (laughs) See what happens when mom and dad have connections? (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so moving on to our third superstar from the WWE, Sienna, who you got? I got CM Punk. He's amazingly hot. I love him. One day, I'm going to be Mrs. Punk. But I would get him, you know how he has that little tattoo on his arm? It's not so little. It's like Pepsi. So I'd get him one of those big 12 packs of Pepsi. So I, I, I hate to shatter your you know, your perception of reality here, but um, A, you're way too young for CM Punk. And I don't B, care. And B, age, age is nothing but a number. Whatever. whatever. Anyway. Uh, as I was saying, you're a little too young for CM Punk, and on top of that, Lita is like actually his girlfriend, so I don't really think you. Well, s- I can knock her teeth down her throat like that. Like ah, uh, she, that's she got nothing on me. Future women's champion, well, folks, right here. She's not gonna get. He's not gonna get over her. And moving on. I know you. 
He wouldn't know you. Welcome to the world of kids, people. Uh, Lexi, who else you got on your list here? Um, I would give Big Show some big pants because get it, Big Show. So you're saying that the Big Show wears the big pants? Now, would you buy him big pants because he had a really big chair at TLC? No, because he's really big. But he would need the really big pants to sit in the really big chair that he had at the, the pay-per-view, yeah, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Sienna, we'll kick it over back to you. Who's your final superstar that you want you to get? Kobe Kingston. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> he's, he's even hotter than CM Punk, so I'd get him a fan because he's just so hot. Well, didn't you already get him a fan? You? Yeah. Okay, so uh, she would get Kofi Kingston a fan because he's so hot. Exactly. Oh, I, he's so hot. Did I mention that I hate raising preteen kids? He's ugly. <laughs> no, he's not. He's so hot. You even said that the other day. All right, Lexi, let's move on to your final pick for Christmas. Uh, what other WWE superstar would you get a gift for? Natalia. A heart color because um, she has... She's from the Hart family. And you like Natalia, don't you? Yeah. You haven't seen much of her lately, have you? No, I hate to tell you this, but she's actually with the great Kali on TV now. They're dating. Ew, that's ridiculous. It's awful. It's, ugh. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. Well, girls, I appreciate you coming by for this edition of Lexi's uh, World. Is there anything else you guys would like to give the listening audience on the SNS Radio Network? We're going to sing um, a song. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Oh, I am. Some Spanish stuff that they don't understand. Yeah. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. All right. All right, guys. Tell everybody Merry Christmas and have a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. Stay safe on the slippery roads, please. Please, please, please. And don't drink and drive. Be straight edge. Be straight edge. All right, good night, girls. Night. Night. And there you have it, uh, the 2012 Christmas edition for the Craptacular of Lexi's World featuring Sienna. My God, even even Lexi, I mean, I remember the the one you did last year. I remember one that you had done on Unplugged. Wow, she's she's grown up, man. I can just, I can tell, I can, I can hear. She's analyzing shit in wrestling, really? That's awesome. Well, you know, she's going to be six in February, six years old. It's crazy. What did she say she would get? Who would she get some, get some wins? <laughs> She, I asked her what she would get John Cena for Christmas, and she said some wins because he's lost every match this year. Wow. Ouch. Oh, man. And now I, I, I was laughing in the background because if you think about it, yeah, he does remind me of Ronald McDonald, Sheamus. <laughs> you know, again, you got to love the mind of children because they say the damnedest things. Oh, that's awesome, man. I could, I could just see fucking Sheamus, you know, like you said. Would you like some fries, fella? Would you like to biggie-size that fella? <laughs> Would you like a Coke with that? Well, I'll tell you, that's one Ronald McDonald, I mean, one McDonald's employee that no one will give shit to, I'll tell you that.
Yeah, I think you'd you'd back down pretty easy if uh, Sheamus was playing Ronald McDonald. Yeah, you know, you're not going to go back. You forgot the cheese on the burger, motherfucker. You got a problem, fella? Uh, no, no, never mind. You'll eat I the burger the way I made it for you, fella. Wow. Having bro kicking fucking motherfuckers to cut the head in line, that'd be great. Be a great gimmick for McDonald's for sure. Yeah, I, 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 think, I, mean, I think they should do a commercial with, with Seamus and Ronald McDonald sitting side by side. No, you do you do a multi-commercial for multiple brands if you can get them both to sponsor you. You get Seamus as Ronald and you get fucking Heath Slater as the Wendy's girl and have them in a match for burger dominance. It could happen. It could happen with today, with the writing in WWE today. <laughs> you never know, bro. No doubt about that. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to take our first break of the evening. We're not really playing commercials on the show tonight. Uh, this is a Christmas-themed episode, so I'm not really going to be promoting network shows. But, uh, you know, at the end of the show, of course, we'll probably pimp out some of the shows. Um, some of you didn't make it for the craptacular messages in time. Um, I was sent a message earlier on by the uh, the cast of The Hard Way, and they wanted to pass along to have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and hopefully they will be back in the new year uh, with more episodes of The Hard Way. So to Adam, Danny, and the boys, uh, I want to thank you for sending that message to me. Unfortunately, it didn't make our craptacular, but uh, we look forward to you guys coming back. So with that said, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a break, and uh, we're going to play all the craptacular messages that you guys sent to us uh, via the Skype line. So uh, we'll be back with more of the WNL 2012 Christmas Craptacular right after this, guys. You're back down, general manager. You're listening to Wrestling News Live on SNS Radio. And I know you can take that, sucker. guys at the SNS Facebook page and the network. I just wanted to give my my holiday wishes to all of you out there. Hope you all have a great end of 2012 and a beginning of 2013. And hopefully, just hopefully, WWE writers get their shit together for the new year. On to the Rumble. Y'all take care. Hey there, JJ. Anthony of Anthony Parley in the chat. Just want to wish you, Bronx, and everyone else on the SN Network and in the chat uh, happy holidays, New Year's, and all that. It's been fun, guys, and since we parents about the new Doomsday, let's see if we can make 2013. This is great. Bye.
Love, buddy. This is Blue Mystery. I just want to say once again, I enjoyed listening to the shows on here, and I'm looking forward to another great year. With that being said, I want to wish everybody on the network and the listeners a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Here's to you. Hey, yo, guys, this is L Train, and I'm leaving my uh, Christmas craptacular message. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, a uh, Happy Holidays, a Happy New Year, and quite frankly, let's live big in 2013. I will see you guys then. Take care. Hey, this is Hollywood leaving this holiday message to everyone. Have a great holidays, everybody. Happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, whatever else you want. Break. Take care and enjoy yourself. Bye bye. Hey, guys, it's the Pope calling. Uh, just wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I've been around the network as much as I wanted to this year for you know different reasons, but hoping to come back in 2013 and then you know reconnect with the family a little bit more i miss you guys i care about y'all a lot so merry christmas again happy new year god bless you all hey this is ace attitude from the chat i just call and leave my message for the craptacular just want to wish everybody on the network the host uh all the listeners everybody a very merry christmas and a safe and happy new year and here's to another, uh, here's to a, another good year, 2013, and more of the crazy SNS Radio Network insanity we all know and love. Merry Christmas, guys. Hey, guys, just wanted to say from my family to yours, I wanted to wish the SNS family a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holiday, Happy New Year, or a humbug, whatever you're into. Enjoy. Have a great week. Hey guys, this is Shifty from the chat, Lex from the Facebook group, and I just want to wish everyone in the SNS family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And a very special thank you goes out to all the hosts that deliver the great content that you do each and every week. Y'all have yourself a safe one next week, and I'll catch you later. This is Ann, we're just calling in. I really enjoyed the network, and I just wanted to wish everyone a happy holidays. All right, guys, later. Hello, YouTube and the SNS family. I just want to wish everybody a happy Christmas. I would call in, but I'm on a cell now, and it's costing me a bit of money. To the crew of SNS and, my, and the SNS family, uh, I appreciate everything you guys done this year. I know it's been a rough year on a lot of you, especially UJJ. Uh, hopefully next year is a better year for everybody. To everybody out there, to Blind White, to Walkie, to everybody who listens, especially uh, including you, Anthony. Uh, everybody have a happy Christmas, happy new year, and uh, hope everybody does not drink and drive. And to everybody in the States, Hopefully you guys get better, better than you have uh, a better year this year. Bye. Good afternoon, everyone at the SNS Radio Network. Tennessee Cowgirl here. 
just wanted to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and see the apocalypse didn't happen. The Mayans were wrong once again. JJ, Tony Marigabella, or Tony Jabroni, as everybody calls him, Bronxy, Sensational Sean, all the guys in the chat. I hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and here's to another year of hijinks and hilarity on Wrestling News Live. Bye. Rudolph the Red Nose for Radio. No, 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 I can't, I can't sing, I can't sing. I, I remember the last time I sang on WNL, it didn't end well for me. <laughs> uh, oh, well, anyway, hey folks, it's me, it's me, and it's the nerd of the network, William Walkie Walker. Just wanted to wish everyone in the entire SNS Radio Network, the WNL family, a very, very Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, and a very joyous New Year. I hope that everyone enjoys this time with their family, their friends, and their loved ones. Hope uh, everyone gets what they want, gets what they want in presents, uh, but more importantly, just have a great time with your family, your friends, and loved ones. I know it's uh, one of my favorite time of the years for me to enjoy it, and uh, I hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, and I've said this before, and I'll say this again. This is it's been a it's been a privilege to have for the past eight years now, this month, eight years, to have been a member of this family. And uh, I look forward to many more years to come. When I started as a, as a listener back in 2004, now as a host of the Elite Force podcast, along with my good friend, my wife, and my brother, Chuck W., uh, it's uh, it's been an honor to privilege. So a very Merry Christmas, folks, a Happy New Year, and uh, I look forward to seeing you all in 2000. 13. Merry Christmas, folks, and live long and prosper. Hey, everybody, my wife here, just wishing everybody on the SNS Radio Network a happy Christmas and a prosperous New Year. Short and sweet, nothing too elaborate, but let's make 2013 one to remember. Happy Christmas, craptacular, everyone. Catch you all later.
It's me, it's me, it's that D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. If you ain't down with that, I got two words for you. Suck it. All right, guys, uh, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sex a, back here with you. And, of course, I'm joined by the Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella. And, you know, Bronx, I, I got to be honest, man, listening to that uh, always brings a tear to my eye, knowing that people enjoy and appreciate what we do on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis on the SNS Radio Network. But I, I, I got to be honest with you, man. I, I feel like... We're missing something here tonight. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I don't know. There's like a void that needs to be filled. There's there's a spot that needs to be taken up. I just, yeah, you're right. There's something missing, and I just can't put my finger on it. I, I think I know what it is. Let me see. I'm here. You're here. Uh, JSK was here earlier. Oh, I know what we're missing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Christmas Craptacular. He's late, but he's here. The motherfucking Trey Dog. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas, boys and girls. How are y'all? We're good, man. How are you? I'm extremely exhausted. <laughs> I literally just walked in the door from work. And, uh, man, retail, uh, retail at the holidays, man. It's, oh. It's crazy. It's literally crazy. I hear that, my friend. Uh, you know, it's been a while since I worked retail, but uh, there was a time. Let me see. What was the last retail job I had? I worked at Kmart for a while, and I believe it was the holiday season of 94 when I worked there. And uh, I worked in the sporting goods department. And when I worked in the sporting goods department, not only did I work in that department, but I worked in every other department back there. So the paints, the hardware stuff, I was back there, the toys, you name it, I was pretty much go-to guy in retail. That's a job you couldn't pay me to have. I don't ever want to work retail again. Well, and this thing that I'm doing with this uh, Google Chromebook that I'm selling, it's, it's one of the hottest items in Best Buy, and you just can't. There's just no stock. I mean, once it comes in, like for instance, I, I had seven of them come, seven of them sitting there on my shelf, when I walked in the door at ten thirty this morning. I sold all seven by eleven thirty. Oh wow, damn! And then you stand there all day, and nobody wants to order anything that they know they can't get in by Christmas because Christmas is just a few days away. So you basically just help with uh best buy and 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 you know taking them to other things and showing them this and showing them that and i ended up staying an extra 30 minutes at work just helping a family fill out their christmas list but it was fun because the guy was wanting to spend a lot of money so he spent a lot of money you know he was like what would you like and i said well i, I like this i'd like that and he goes all right i'll take one of those i'll take one of those and it was neat you know shopping with somebody else's money <laughs> Well, I know my mom worked at Toys R Us for a while, and she's since gotten another job. But it was like I would call her around this time of year. I'm like, "How, mom? How you, you know? Hey, mom, how you doing?" And she'd be like, "Leave me alone." Yeah. 
I mean, it was just really strange. Yeah, some kids at the college where I work, man, they've got those those uh, Chromebooks or, or whatever they're called, those, those Google mm-hmm. computers. They love the shit out of them. I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, I mean, if you're just wanting to do what you can do on the Internet, you know, it's it's not a Windows-based computer. It runs on the Google operating system, which if you use Google Chrome as a browser, then you're familiar with, you know, Chrome, so you should have no problems. But you don't download anything to the computer. You don't install anything. There's no CD-ROM drive. Um, but you can add applications to the App Store, and they're free. But as far as just surfing the internet and being online, it does everything that my big laptop does. Well, I'll tell you, man, I downloaded Jelly Bean 421 last night. Now, let me tell you right now, Steve Jobs is rolling over in his grave, man. The iPhone is in big trouble because I'll tell you, brother, it is fucking sweet. Yeah, sweet. You know, Jelly, Jelly Bean is pretty, pretty tight, I have to admit, yeah. I need to get that put on my phone, as a matter of fact. See, y'all are speaking Greek to me. I have no idea what you're talking about. I believe it's just you. the new the new Android operating system. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I'm completely in the dark on that one. They're and cute. They, they like to use the name of desserts. So, like, there was ice cream sandwich. There was, you know, this one's jelly bean. There was gingerbread man. You know, it's just the way they do things. But yeah, jelly bean is pretty neat. Very interesting. Well, aside from working, man, what what have you been up to? Uh, playing a few video games here and there. Um, I don't know if you noticed last night. I saw you jump online pretty late, but uh, it could have been the wife with Netflix. Who knows? But um, I was walking through Best Buy on Friday, and to get to the bathroom, you have to walk through the video game section, basically. And I was going to the bathroom to tuck in my shirt, and I looked. I just glanced over at the Xbox section, the Xbox 360. And as I glanced over... I saw The Walking Dead all on one CD. Oh. And I got it brand new for 30 some dollars. Shit, that's not bad. That was game of the year, according to the VGAs this year. I mean, it's... I replayed the first one that I'd already... I, I originally downloaded the first episode and played it. But after that, I said, oh, I'm not spoiling this, and I'm not going to, you know, I'll wait until it all comes out on one disc. And it finally has, so if you were a big fan or you were waiting, now's your chance. Well, I will probably pick that up because I've only played the first episode. I haven't downloaded the other ones, but uh, I think I, I probably will go ahead and get that. I mean, it's it's literally, it tells you, too, it's literally the game's storyline is driven by the decisions you make. Which yeah, is I'm really gonna cool. Spoil anything. I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but you have to make a lot of decisions. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, from, the, from the first episode, I know you had to make a lot of decisions on who's going to live and who's going to die, so, yeah. Yeah, and the way you react to certain scenarios, like trusting somebody or not trusting somebody or, you know, stuff like that. I love games like that where, you know, you you actually can get different endings or different results depending on what you do. That's, a, that's always awesome when you can play the same game like four times and it's a different game each time. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing a, a lot of the... Um, Madden 13, a lot of Black Ops too. You know, uh, it was good last night to play with Concept, uh, who has been gone for a while. He had some medical issues that he had taken care of, and then on top of that, you know, the hurricane that came through and wiped out New Jersey. Yeah. You know, he was back online last night, played Call of Duty for the first 
time, so it was cool to play with him for a little while. Well, Trey. Other than that, man, video games and work. And oh. a little sleep mixed in. That's about all I get. We are going to be talking some video gaming here in just a second. Uh, there's a couple of news stories I want to get to, and, and, of course, our main one is going to deal with video games. Um, I'm not going to pull up the news sounder and, and play that right now because, again, there's not a lot of news to really talk about. But right. uh, our good sponsors over at Wrestling-Online.com have provided us with a couple newsletters to fill out some news stories. First one being Ryback versus CM Punk is going to headline the first Raw of 2013. It will be a big main event match for the WWE title, and CM Punk will be defending the title against Ryback in what is being announced as a TLC match on Raw January 7th from Tampa Bay. Hmm. Now, there's also another report going around that they're teasing the match. It's not actually going to happen. Right. But we'll we'll wait and see. Right now, it's being advertised. That is the main event for Raw on January seventh. That's a big one. That's that's Uncle Vinny giving away a lot of a buy rates right there. Well, you know what? Uh, this but they need them for the ratings. They do because the last Raw they did, the Slammy Award Raw, didn't even draw them a three point rating. Wow. It was like a two point eight nine, if I, if memory serves me correctly. So it didn't uh, it didn't do very well. Uh, as opposed to what they were looking for, for sure. I've never been a big fan of the Slammy show anyway. Well, I liked it better when they were doing them prior to the WrestleManias. And, yeah. you know, they were, it was almost like a formal event, you know. But right. now they do the uh, the Hall of Fame every year before WrestleMania, which, which I do like better. But uh, the Slammys right. are kind of a joke now. What did you guys do before I joined you? I heard you say JSK was on. What did you guys do? Oh, we uh, we played the sounder. I'll replay it for you real quick. Uh, we played the sounder from, I guess, the first ever Christmas Craptacular. Uh, something funny JSK said that we uh, I'm always giving him shit for. With all the crap that is going on in the world today, the one thing that brings the whole world, and I'm talking about the planet, people. I'm not just talking about the world. <laughs> Yeah, like I told Bronx, you should have been sitting next to him when he did those little nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> well, we also talked about where, and, and this is something that, that even though I couldn't see it, or to this day translates to me, where he says, he goes on his rant, and we mentioned this before, but I'll catch you up because your input would help this greatly, where he's going, well, you know, uh, nobody can say Merry Christmas anymore. Everything's getting so conservative. I mean, shit. It, it, you can't even buy sex toys in whatever state anymore. And I actually hear your headset clink like you were moving it aside. And you were like, how do you fucking know that? <laughs> it was just What happened was I was staring. <laughs> At that point, we had, um, and JJ can attest to this because he was there and saw it before. We had a two-monitor setup. And I was using both computers to do the show, basically what I was doing was, you know, doing all the broadcasting on one, taking calls on the other, and feeding it through to the broadcast computer. And that meant that Adam was on the screen to my right. JSK always sat to my left. And that particular day, or night, because it was at night when we recorded that, I was staring into the screen on my right, looking at uh, the you know some of the topics I'd typed up that I wanted to discuss. And then Adam was on Skype at that point on that computer. 
and he and I were messaging each other back and forth, and that's when JSK dropped that little nugget of, you know, sex toys. And when I heard the word sex toys, I just turned. I, I, I just turned my body and looked at him with this dumbfounded look of, you know, A, why are you, go, why are you going there? B, how in the hell do you know this? And I guess how do you know this won the mental battle in my head because that's what came out of my mouth. And to me, that's still one of my favorite moments of all time on the show, period. Christmas Craptacular, Wrestling News Live, any show we've done, that was because it was so random. And he was he was known for being Captain Random. He would say the most random shit at the most random times. And to go from, you can't even say Merry Christmas at Walmart without getting fired... To, oh, yeah, well, you can't even sell sex toys in Alabama. What? Yeah. I mean, I've, no matter how professional you try to be, it's like it's happened oh. to me where, where one of you guys will say something. I'll be like, how do I respond to that? It's just like, you know. Us? No way. We would never do anything like that. Nah, never. Oh, no. I don't know what no. you're talking about, Bronx. Now, we're, I'm trying to get caught up here, so bear with me. Um, is this the show where you wanted to air the greatest moments or the, what was that? Is that, what are we doing there? Uh, we're basically just doing the craptacular where we talked about the tribute to the troops to start the show off. Right. Uh, I played the latest Lexi's corner, which you'll have to check on the archive. It was quite funny. Right. Um, and now we're talking news. So that's pretty much all we've done, uh, so far. Well, I know you had posted something on Facebook about the greatest moments of the year. I didn't know you were going to play those on here, or if that was a separate show, or what. That's a separate show. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that together next week, and we're gonna air it on uh, on January 1st, and it's normal time slot. It'll be a pre-recorded show, but some of those things I've already forgotten about. I don't even remember talking about it. Oh yeah, me and me and Bronx are gonna get together this week and get all the files together, and I'll get with you guys and see if you want to. You want to participate in the uh, the pre-recorded stuff, and we'll we'll knock that out. Yeah, I was looking at some of the things that people wanted, and I'm like, I don't remember talking about that. Oh, you will once we play it. You'll remember it. <laughs> oh, there are things that have happened. I mean, I can go back to, to even 2011. I know this is, of course, just going to be 2012, but it's like sometimes I get the years mixed up because there's been so much shit that's happened since I started listening three years ago that it's just... It's a jumble sometimes to think, you know, the greatest moments. I mean, there were there were a lot. There were some where we were just totally crazy. And I don't know. <laughs> That's what makes this show what it is, man. It's those moments. But That's uh, right. But getting back to some news stories, um, we talked on WNL this past week about the newest trailer for G.I. Joe, which prompted an amazing moment that will end up on the best of 2012. Oh, my God. Uh, but uh, speaking of The Rock, the latest uh, commercial for Pain and Gain, produced by, of course, Michael Bay, will star Dwayne Johnson and Mark Wahlberg. Uh, it's based on a true story. It's an action-slash-comedy movie based on a couple of Florida bodybuilders who become criminals involved in an extortion ring and a kidnapping plot that goes horribly wrong. It follows a 1999 series of the Miami New Times Articles written by journalists who followed the whole story. Joining The Rock and Mark Wahlberg in this movie are Ed Harris, Jennifer Nicole Lee, Rob Corddry, Tony Shalhoub from Monk, and others. 
Uh, the $22 million budget movie will be released in the United States on April 26th. You can check out the preview over at wrestling-online.com. This is also the movie where I believe, if I'm not mistaken, The Rock filmed a fight scene with Kurt Angle. Nice. So, and, and if you haven't seen the preview to this movie, I'm I'm psyched to go see it. It looks really good. Well, thank God The Rock's in it, so it doesn't end up like that awful home video movie that Kurt did where he's the sheriff in the town and the zombies are Kevin Nash and Sid Vicious and somebody else. Or, yeah, well, there's that there's that one, and there was one I watched one time where Kurt Angle was the serial killer, and all the movie was shot out of sequence, and the fucking detective that's chasing him uh, at one point has a full head of hair, at one point he's got a shaven head, and later on he has a full head of hair again, and then he's shaving again. So whoever was, like, uh, in charge of the acting on that particular movie, they the sequencing was all wrong, yeah. and it was just horrible. Well, it's kind of like the movie uh, Cocktail with Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. There's some scenes where he's got short hair, looks like he just came out of the barbershop, and there's some where, you know, a scene later, it's long and wavy. And you're like, wait a minute, how's that possible? If I'm not mistaken, there's one of the Lord of the Rings movies where they're walking through the field, and in the background you can see cars on the freeway. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I saw it. But, I mean, it's great that... Anything with Wahlberg, I'll fucking watch. And I tell you, The Rock has really transitioned into mainstream. I mean, I I think that the interaction between the two of them could be awesome because Wahlberg is fucking great. I mean, I'll check it out. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the chemistry was so great with Mark Wahlberg and Michael Bay that uh, now Michael Bay has cast him as the lead in Transformers 4, believe it or not. Oh, I don't know if I'd put Wahlberg in that. Oh, you just said you'd watch anything Wahlberg was in because he's such a great actor. True, true, true. But if you put him in the right place, I don't know. Well, we'll he's, see. It's a Transformers you know what, yes. movie. What could go wrong, right? Right. It's going to be him and some hot chick that you're going to want to see naked the whole time that you never get to see. That's right. And, you know, they'll kill off all your favorite robots. Oh, wait, they did that in the third one. Never mind. You know, they're robots. They can be rebuilt. Well, that's that's true, I guess. How the fuck do the Transformers reproduce? Do they just build another robot, or is there, I don't know, metallic fucking involved? What happens? Well, see, Bronx, I think what happens is the male robot puts his piston in the fuel injector of the female, and this produces um, friction, and I think that's how it works. Ah, okay. Yeah, engine seals are just another word for car condoms. Pretty much. Wow, okay. See, now that's random. That is pretty random. That's pretty, that's pretty random, yeah. Yeah. But random at the sake of being random isn't random. He's got a point there. But uh, moving on to some of the other news, apparently, and this will involve Trey as well, we've been seeing these one three thirteen promos going on on TNA for the last little bit. Well, uh, we, we now know we now know what's happening as a reckoning is at hand. At least that's what the TNA one three thirteen promo says. And it was revealed during this past week's Impact that Sting is returning on that day. That's right. You heard me correctly. So all the rumors that Sting is going to WWE can die now because Sting is back with TNA. But for how long? I thought his contract was up in December, so I'm assuming he signed another year contract. Well, maybe, but I would think if he signed a deal that big, it would have been publicized already. Yeah, possibly. We'll see. I just know he's coming back and he's looking for revenge. I mean, he's been in the business long enough to know that people can do... You know, one-shot, one-month contracts. 
Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, I just, I just don't want it to be a complete WCW copy where, like, he comes back and, you know, he's in the rafters and taking out aces and eights one by one. I think, at least I'm hoping, that the aces and eights angle is going to get even more interesting come this Thursday. But we'll have to see. Uh, how they use him, I'm, I'm not going to detract from it. I'm not going to compliment it. I'm going to wait. I'm just going to play the wait-and-see game. It depends what they do. I mean, if you look at the way Sting was taken out, I mean, shit, he definitely has some payback, especially against Doc. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll give it a chance before I shit on it. Now, correct me if uh, I'm wrong. Didn't Doc go hammer time on Sting? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he already said, Dion, you got my bat, and I want it back. I'm coming to get it. All right, so at least we know the important things in life for Sting is that he wants his bat back. Well, I mean, he carried this one bitch around for so many years. <laughs> I guess, man, he's attached to it. I mean, it's like his little blanket. Yeah. Linus uh, had his blanket for Christmas, you know, and Sting's got his bat. I mean, that bat, that bat means something to that motherfucker. That bat has been cracked across the skulls of numerous NWO members. You know, it's, it's important. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, Louisville Slugger, I think, even makes a Sting model. But I think Jim Carrey said it best in, in, uh, in what was it, Batman Forever. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of a big black bat? Well, <clears throat> you would be if you were laying down in the ring and he was swinging it at your head. Well, that's true, too. That's true. So Doc versus Sting, ball-peen hammer versus bat. I think I'm going to go for the bat on that one, folks. Mm-hmm. Better yeah, range. Reach. Yeah, better range. Um, Sin Cara has underwent successful surgery. That's right. You heard me correctly. If you saw the commercial-free SmackDown this past Tuesday, they had the Shield attack Sin Cara, injuring his knee. This was storyline purposes. But uh, basically, it looks like Sin Cara is going to be missing a little bit of time um, away from the ring due to this surgery. So he basically had a ruptured patella tendon. So uh, who knows? I don't know about y'all, but... I'm a little put out by this whole shield thing. Really? What, what? What's your deal with the shield? Well, I mean, week after week, I wait for Michael Chiklis to show up, and he's not been there yet. I know, man. I know. He's the only thing missing from the shield, you know? Huh? I knew that was going to go over your head. It was a TV show called The Shield Bronx. Oh, okay. With Michael Chiklis, or he was a dirty cop named Vic Mackey. You've never seen The Shield? No. Once again, culture has passed you by, my friend. Let's not get into this shit again. That was probably one of the most edgiest shows on television. Can I, can I, can I ask you an honest question? Uh, I'd rather you didn't, but you're going to anyway, so go ahead. Well, yeah, I'm going to ask it whether you give me permission to or not. But <laughs> my question is, what were you doing in these times of television growth when the rest of us were watching these great television shows? What were you doing to occupy that time? We know you weren't dating somebody. We know you weren't married. We know you weren't in a cult. We know you weren't playing for the 76ers. We know you weren't on the PGA Tour. What were you doing? Well, how do you know I wasn't dating? You've only known me like two and a half years. How do you know? Because the sky's blue, water's wet, and women have secrets. These are truths we know. <laughs> Got see, there. see, that ain't right. It's Christmas, and I still got to hear this shit. Okay, well, follow la la la. You were single. What, what, what were you doing? 
I couldn't give you a complete recap did of what you, I was Did you have a black and white television that only got two channels? That's an acceptable answer. No. Um, uh, I mean, I just I don't understand how a series can go four, five, six, seven years long and you never saw an episode of it. Nor did you not see an episode of it, but are brutally dumbfounded when we bring the name of said TV show up. You can't even know that this, that, that was a TV show. I don't know. I'm not a big TV guy. I mean, I I, mean, I, I never watched I never watched an episode of 24 because I didn't want to start in the middle and try to catch up. Right. But I acknowledge the fact that when somebody says Jack Bauer, that he's the lead character in the show 24 played by Kiefer Sutherland. I know that. You don't know anything, anything about any of these shows, let alone the titles. Well, Did I'm you ever see Cheers? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, Cheers I saw, sure. I mean, but this goes for television and movies as well. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I got shit from J.J. Tuesday because I apparently am supposed to pop wood for a G.I. Joe intro. I, I don't know. No, but know that the fact that that was a cartoon from the 1980s and 90s that kids grew up on. Oh, I know that. And by the I way, know, by the how way, do, how do you how do you grow up in that time frame and not ever see an episode of it? Yeah. By the way, GI Joe is on Netflix. Ah. You know what Netflix is, don't you? <laughs> oh, I know what. Fucking know what Netflix is. That's where I watch 99.9 percent of my shit. Okay. So yeah, but I mean, how does that happen? I mean, I almost want to go to New York and slap the fucking piss out of your parents. So you'd actually come here and slap the shit out of me because I haven't seen... Wow. Well, no. <laughs> Maybe your parents... I'd shake the fuck out of you. <laughs> but I'd slap your parents. This is why Trey doesn't operate a daycare center, folks. Really? No. Well, I mean, who who has a, who has a healthy baby boy from that time frame... And doesn't push G.I. Joe on them. He's the great American hero. Now, nah, wait a minute. I know of G.I. Joe. I just didn't watch. I mean, I know who he is. I had some of the shot, figures. Shot a million bullets, never hit nothing. Oh, That's, it's the same as the A-Team. It's great training yeah. right there. You know, I mean, shit. You know, the A-Team, they blew shit up and no one ever got killed. So At least Snake Eyes was smart enough to go, hey, fuck it, I'm lying, I'm using swords. <laughs> Wait a minute, so we had a blind protagonist here? Actually, no. Snake Eyes was not blind. He was just horribly disfigured. Oh, is that what it was? Jinx was the blind ninja. She was the later G.I. Joe. I mean, I used to have a crush on Lady J. Who didn't? I liked Lady J over Scarlet any day of the week. Oh, any day of the week. Lady J would go have a fucking steak and a beer and watch a ball game with you. Right. How did Jinx not get killed? I mean, Cobra wasn't able to leave a plunger in the toilet or something. Or, I mean, she was. She was. I think, I think she was taught by the hard. The, was it the hard master or the soft master? I don't remember. But well, I really almost went to a very dark place with that joke. But I'm glad that I fucking didn't. I don't know, but she was able. I can't, to, I can't believe I refrained from that. That's, I, I can't I'm, either. I'm so proud of me. I, I set wow. you up for that nicely, and you just didn't take it. Well, I think she'd want to learn from the hard master, right? Well, I was going to say Cobra was into killing people, not giving out abortions. The fuck? Wow. Oh, here we go. 
No, but seriously, uh, G.I. Joe's on Netflix, or at least it just it just hit Canadian Netflix, I know, so it's got to be on the American Netflix. Which means they're the great American hero, eh? That's right. Well, if it, if it hit Canadian Netflix, that means it's been on everyone else's Netflix for the past 20 years, so. There you go, so go fucking watch it. <laughs> anyway, getting getting back to the news, apparently. You do know that knowing is half the battle, Bronx, right? He's probably never heard anything like that. That I know, that I know. I am so st- I'm stunned and Ugh. shocked. <coughs> wow, I don't even know what to say. But back to the news. Apparently, The Rock is going to be appearing on WWE TV regularly at the beginning of 2013. That's right. Uh, so it looks like uh, there's a good possibility that The Rock might win the title at the Royal Rumble. Well, that's all fine and good. But what's he going to do with it when he, once he wins it? What are they What are they going to do? They're going to talk about how the biggest star in Hollywood's a champion. That's what they're going to do with it. But it says here that uh, he will be at the first Raw of 2013, the one that CM Punk is going to be defending against Ryback, so maybe there will be some interference in that match. He's also going to be there for the next night on the SmackDown tapings in Miami, Florida. Other appearances already announced are the January 28th Raw, March 12th, and March 26th Raw shows. So he will be there leading up to WrestleMania. That's enough time for him to uh, hold the championship and maybe defend it once or twice. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, not only that, this reeks of, I'll tell you right now, it reeks of desperation. I mean, I can, I can almost imagine Vince saying, look, you know, whatever whatever I need to do, you know, if there are commitments you can fucking get rid of for a little bit, if there are appearances you can cut back on a little bit, we need you. Because they're, they're in a little bit of a panic mode in the WWE. I mean, I, I would be. They haven't broken a 3.0 in what, a fucking month? You know. Well, I mean, their programming is pretty horrible. I mean, you look at the the, the the SNS Facebook page, how many people, you know, are saying that they're either already fed up with the product or they don't tune in regularly like they used to. And that's that's a rabid fan base. Well, I mean, they're, they're you know, the last couple weeks, I mean, it varies from week to week. I mean, there are some weeks where I'll say, okay, the show's an A and A minus, but most of the time it's a C, it's a C minus, and... You know, the problem goes back to you're sitting there watching it and you check your clock and you see there's still 90 minutes to go and you're like, oh, you know, and that's not good. That's not good. It's I don't understand how long it's going to take Vince to realize that it's probably the three hour format. But, you know, they've been going downhill since they started on three hours. I agree. I agree. And uh, going back to the Royal Rumble. Apparently, guys, there's going to be a fan fest held the weekend of the Rumble. So the event will take place on Saturday, January 26th, and Sunday, January 27th. The event will be held at the U.S. Airways Plaza at the corner of First Street and Jefferson. Several WWE superstars, divas, and legends will be appearing for meet and greets, and there will be live matches and a tournament in which the winner will receive a spot in the Rumble. There will also be a Q&A session with three WWE superstar panels discussing the Montreal Screwjob, DX, WCW Nitro, and the Monday Night Wars. FanFest tickets start at $10, and the Superstar panel tickets start at $90. A VIP package will run you $250 and will include all Superstar panels, cocktail hours, and FanFest admission. That's pretty good. That's not a bad price. It's not a bad price at all. More info at usairwayscenter.com. So check that out if you're interested in going to the Rumble and being a part of those panels. Where is the Rumble? Uh, it is, uh, where did I just say it was, uh, the U.S. Airways Plaza in, fuck, I just said it a second ago, didn't I? 
You may have. I wasn't. You know. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't say here actually. Yeah, two hundred fifty bucks to get to interact with the superstars and get you know. I mean, you get your picture taken with them all and yeah. autographed, and that's kind of cool. I do it. Yeah, me too. If I do it, definitely. Somebody if, that lives in the city where the Royal Rumble is being hosted put me up for the weekend. Put the dog on the porch. Look, you, it's cold during the Rumble. <laughs> it's thirty below here, man. I'll be like right that now. dog on fucking Joe Dirt with my nuts stuck in the porch. Thirty below, shit. Zero Celsius is freezing. You're thirty degrees below freezing. Correct. God damn. Yes, this is true. I had to go and start my car today. I haven't started it in two days because it's been cold. I haven't worked in the last two days because it's been minus thirty degrees. What is wrong with you, fucking people? Why do you live there? Why is your family there? Why can't you? Why can't you, as a family, go? It's way too fucking cold here. Harmony, let's pack up the shit and move to Beverly. I would love to, but unfortunately, it's all about the custody battle right now between her and her her ex husband. So can't. Well, let's just whoop his ass. Well, I can't just take the kids out of the country. That's the problem, <coughs> right? So, oh no, no contrary, my friend. We whoop that dude's ass enough. Eventually, he's gonna go. All right, I'm tired of getting my ass whooped and sign something. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, shit. You talk about blue balls. Thirty below fucking zero. That's like what. 10 degrees. See, it's not, it's, I understand that you got a family issue. It's like a horseman and I talk on Xbox all the time. And he's like, oh, it's fucking neck deep in snow out here. Well, fucking move. That can't be good for anybody. That's why I'm sick all the time, man, because of the fucking air out here. Yeah. Well, I mean, fuck. You don't have time to heal. It's true. I mean, winter's over in fucking March and starts again in June. doesn't, doesn't really end in March. It never really ends. It's just always I mean, here. It's like, it was like 80 fucking degrees here today. I got a big-ass fucking heater that my father-in-law, he actually bought uh, two heaters, and they're like these really good ones. They are like they look like fans. Yeah. You know, and they're like little dishes. And so I've got one literally sitting about 10 feet from me, and I can totally feel the heat coming off of that. Otherwise, I'll be freezing my balls off down here. Well, don't get me wrong. It's cold right now because the sun's down here. It's probably about 30, 40 degrees. But I got a, I got a heater on right now behind me, you know, blowing heat on my back. No, see, I have a fan in the window, and it's 29 here. I love it cold. I think I think I could make it in Canada. The snow I wouldn't be happy about, but I fucking hate summer with a passion. You'd be forced inside to watch a bunch of shit on TV you've never seen before. I mean, I fucking just hate that 98-degree shit where you can't walk the street without feeling like you're having a heart attack. I, ugh, I much prefer this time of year. Well, you know, I always say I prefer the winter because you can always put more clothes on, but you can't necessarily always take everything off when you get hot. Right. I mean, you can, but that usually comes with a, a fine, a ticket, and some jail time. Well, guys, we got one final story to talk about before we hit this this next break. And this is the biggie. Yeah. It's a biggie. You know, Trey, you and I have been uh, supporters of WWE games for a long time. Right. But apparently, and this is not good news for THQ, they filed for bankruptcy, and currently they owe the WWE the sum of $45 million. Wow. $45 million. Damn. Now, apparently there are companies looking at buying some of the, uh, maybe buying the company. I know Ubisoft was interested in buying the company, probably so they could take you know games like Saints Row and, and uh, the upcoming uh, South Park RPG Stick of Truth. But I'm going to be real honest. I don't think that there's a lot of companies out there that say, hey, we want to pick up the WWE license. 
which is why I have said this many times over. I think what needs to happen here is that the WWE, I know they're owed $45 million, but why not take the team that makes the games, buy that studio out, bring them over to the company, and focus on having that development team make WWE games where you can also not only make the wrestling games, but you could branch out and do other uh, wrestling-related games. Like you could, you could have John Cena star in his own video game, like a Final Fight type thing, you know? There's all kinds of things they could do with a right. WWE games department that would profit them. I mean, you've got a movies department that doesn't do I was shit. Like they branched out to movies. Why can't they branch out to video games? It, to me, it's just a smart move. Then you don't have to worry about you know finding another company to take over your game. Um, right. I just I think this spells this spells really bad news for THQ. You know, even if another company buys them, there's there's talk that WWE won't renew their license with them. This could be a done deal. WWE 13 might actually be the last video game uh, to come out under THQ and the WWE. I mean, people are saying Lucky that number 13. Well, I mean, supposedly um, they've confirmed they're working on WWE 14, but I'm telling you, if this doesn't get resolved or if another company doesn't buy them or they don't pay off the WWE, there won't be a WWE 14. I just don't see it happening. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, the three of us might be friends, but if JJ owes me $5,000 and says he can't pay me back, there's probably going to be some heat between us. I mean, that's just the way it is. But, I mean, shit, $45 bucks. That's 45% of Linda's fucking campaign. That's a lot of money. It might be in your best interest to say, you know what? We're probably never going to see this money because once you file for bankruptcy, you, you mm. basically are freed from debt. So fuck it. Let's buy this portion of the company, like JJ says, for probably what will be a ridiculously cheap price and continue to develop our own video game. I mean, it's, you know, I think they'd make more money than they do with the fucking movies. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. And, and, you know, here's the thing. They filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and apparently Clear Lake Capital Group has secured the asset purchase agreement to finance the company. So they've taken on this uh, this debt that they owe, but WWE has not received their $45 million. Vince McMahon's pissed, and uh, if he doesn't get his money, then it just doesn't look it looks, it looks to me like all bets would be off on any future iterations of WWE games with THQ. Now, keep in mind... If they go with another developer, we're looking at maybe two, three years before you see another WWE game on the market uh, brand new because it's going to take time for a new engine to be built. It's going to take time for that company to do it, and the first effort of that game is not going to be a WWE 13 for sure. It's going to be a game plagued with problems. It's going to have limited features in it. It'll be a lot like the TNA uh, Impact game that came out in 2007-2008. I just... This is not a good time for a wrestling video game fan if this does not get resolved soon. Yeah, you better really like 13 because you're going to be playing it a while. You know, and then there's the other problem, too. You paid all this money for WWE 13, which promised you uh, online features and DLC. The DLC will come out next month. I think it's the final package for the DLC. But not only do you have to worry about uh, all that, this game is an online game where you can go to the community creations and download characters that other people have made in other venues. If they fold, their servers so are dead. Servers. So that means you won't be able to have those features anymore. It'll be done. Better get what you can get now. I'm going to be watching this one real interesting. Well, I mean, and there you go again. I mean, as a guy, now you're, you're getting into a realm that I understand. WWE buys this portion 
they can go out and buy them for $10,000, about six or seven blade servers, and set it up and keep online, you know, community creations and shit going. Now, if another company buys THQ, would they also inherit the rights to use that engine so that they could develop a new game fairly quickly with the same engine? It's possible. Yeah, you know. But, you know, EA doesn't necessarily want to pick up the license for wrestling games. They, they're not interested in it, you know. Um, so, you know, THQ has already lost the license to UFC, and they sold it off to, to EA when they were having problems last year. So, I mean, I just don't see EA as a, as a company that's going to take over. And if they do, they didn't do a very good job on the last set of wrestling games they had. So it just doesn't seem like it's a good fit for them. And Ubisoft, I can't see them making wrestling games. You know, they're making games like Assassin's Creed. I could see Saints Row go there. Absolutely. Um, Ubisoft is also uh, uh, one of the new that I like. Um, what's that game called uh, where Sam Fisher is the main character? Oh, Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell, yes. Thank you. Yeah. So, I don't know. This is going to be a story that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be keeping my eye on. But that's going to do it for the, uh, for the news stories of the week. Sponsored, of course, by our good friends over at wrestling-online.com. If you haven't been over to the website, check them out. They cover wrestling and MMA. And you can also check the newsletter out. It comes to your uh, in- inbox at least three to four times a week, depending on how busy things are. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't cost you anything. You just sign up for free. Just like Wrestling News Live, it's been around for about 16 years. Free! And I do want to thank Colin Vaslow because uh, this week I did receive my WrestleMania tickets via FedEx, thanks to Colin. So thanks, Colin. Appreciate that, bud. Nice. So everything everything is, uh, you know, pretty much falling into place. The hotel and everything's taken care of. And got my tickets now, and I think we're going to be picking up some Hall of Fame tickets here pretty soon. So. I was going to say, are you going to the Hall of Fame? Oh, yeah. We're going to go. Wow. I, I would have to say, admit it, man, you marked out when you got those tickets, right? Well, he, he notified me and said, hey, give me your address, and I'll send him FedEx. And I was at work on Friday, and he goes, you should have had them by now. And then Harmony confirmed that, yeah, they, they came in the mail. and so. Yeah, but holding them in your hand has to be. Oh, you know, it was. One thing, I mean, not that we don't trust Colin, of course, but, I mean, to actually have them in your hand and see WrestleMania stamped on the ticket, well, congrats, man. That's the, and like you said the other day, no matter where the fuck you Maybe sit. Maybe WrestleMania stamped on them. The ones that I got were written in crayon. It says WrestleMania. <laughs> you, you got some fakes there, Trey. Motherfucker. I'm glad you didn't spend more than five bucks for them, I hope. Oh, it's like 600 bucks a ticket. Oh, well, you got fucked. Wow. Somebody's getting a baseball bat at the cranium. Well, I will, I, I will say this. It, it was a good feeling to hold those tickets in my hand. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to WrestleMania. The fir- first time ever going to WrestleMania. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, awesome. You know, something else that felt good when I had it in my hand. That's a whole other show. Um, I got these new uh, um, thumb grips for my Xbox controller. And, man, do they make a world of difference. I'm wiping the sweat off my brow. I thought I was going somewhere else with that. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to. I, I set it up that way. Um, but yeah, these are fucking phenomenal, man. They're they're called FPS freaks, and like the Call of Duty American Call of Duty team that plays in tournaments and shit, they they endorse them. And they're only ten bucks, but they're badass. They really help out a lot. Very cool. Well, I tell you what, man. Let's take a commercial break. Oh, I, w- I will say it's a commercial break, but uh, we've got some interesting little things that are going to play in this break. Uh, I know that Bronx uh, basically had the opportunity to sit down with Alvin, Simon, and Theodore 
to record a My song. My favorites. Yes, you're going to love this song. And we've also uh, we've also got a <laughs> song by the rapper Krispy Kreme called Christmas, which you guys are going to love. Oh, yeah, Krispy Kreme. He's, he's on my iPod. And we're going to wrap it up with uh, with the latest epic rap battles of history as Snoop Dogg plays the part of Moses versus mm-hmm. Santa Claus. And uh, after that, we'll be back with more of the WNL 2012 Christmas Craptacular. Extra crappy. Stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. It's the original KID. Started in 91 in the state of NC. In the place to be, your boy paid his dues. With hell to visit spot, all the marks are through. Vertebraker, we'll break your spine. Vertebraker, does the trick every time. Vertebraker, we'll slap your face. Vertebraker. You knew me as Sugar Shane. You may have known me as the Hurricane. But this is the Shane event, Shane Helm. And you're listening on the SNS Network. All right, guys, the Bronx Father here from SNS Radio Network and... I have a very special surprise. I've done some booking, and yes, I have with me right here the world-famous Alvin and the Chipmunks to sing a little song that I wrote. Fellas, how you doing? Very good. All right. I'm glad to have you guys here. So, Alvin, you ready? I'm ready. Simon, you ready? I'm ready. Theodore, you ready? I'm ready. All right, guys. So, let's kick it off. Listen to the show, it's a three-hour roar. This is the worst shit that I have ever saw. Three hours every week, it just makes me sick. But how I am the washing it feels like I sucked a dick. Alvin! Three-hour roar, three-hour roars, I wish that I was gay. Sometimes I pray that someone would just shoot me in the head. say guys that fucking sucked i mean uh, shit don't chipmunks die like after five years how the fuck are you guys still around well what could i tell you guys it did it just fell flat i think maybe it's time to retire what do you think okay so now i've got heat with the goddamn chipmunks anyway in all seriousness guys thank you so very much Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Year. And guys, would it be all right? Can I just get a liner for the network? This is Alvin. This is Simon. 
and Mrs. Theodore. And you're listening to the SNS Radio Network. Crispy Cream, Him Money Maker Mac, a Christmas song. First thing on my list, go figure. It's a brand new John Cena action figure. Second thing on my list, guess what? It's a really cute girl with a really cute butt. Mike said, Crispy Cream, hold up. Mom said, You're not allowed to touch a girl's butt until you're grown up. That's right, I forgot about that rule Not allowed to touch butts until you graduate from school But that's alright Cause third on my list is a brand new John Cena watch for my wrist Now we're moving on to item number four It's a brand new John Cena poster for my door Check check it out y'all Item number five is a brand new John Cena car that I can drive Well I can't really drive it cause it's too small but I could if I was maybe like this tall Christmas, Christmas, come check out my wish list Have I been a good boy? That's none of your business I just want some good toys, can I get a witness? Got all of my homies yelling Christmas, 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 Christmas Come check out my wish list Have I been a good boy? That's none of your business I just want some good toys, can I get a witness? Got all of my homies yelling Christmas, Christmas Item number six on my list is on lock Gotta get that Super hot John Cena lunchbox So tough The thing is made of steel No more using brown paper bags for my meal Item number 7 Is like a bite of heaven I could probably eat like 10 or 11 Checked up in my stocking And guess what I found me A brand new box of Betty Crocker Fudge Brownies Item number 8 Player don't hate It's probably the best toy in the whole state An item so hot It can make the snow melt It's a brand new John Cena wrestling belt Now I gotta think about What I want from grandma How about a brand new pair of John Cena pajamas And one more thing I want Even though I already have it Is the best CD of all time Illmatic Christmas, Christmas Come check out my wish list Have I been a good boy? That's none of your business I just want some good toys can I get a witness? Got all of my homies yelling Christmas, 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 Christmas. Come check out my wish list. Have I been a good boy? That's none of your business. I just want some good toys. Can I get a witness? Got all of my homies yelling Christmas, Christmas. Up, 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 one of them at the Moses! Moses! Santa Claus! Sweet robes, oh man, one too many days in the sun Stop preaching, homie, teach your flock to cover some fun I bring joy every year, man, I represent cheer You represent sandals and a scraggly beard I'm from the North Pole, that's why my rhymes are so cold I spit diamonds, but I'm serving up some fresh coal You been a naughty boy, you brought a plague of frogs You best arrest yourself, you broke your own law Or was there something in Rule 6 I didn't understand? My list says kill the gypsy dude, buried him in sand I read your book, you got a strict religion no bacon, but mandatory circumcision I'm a jolly bowl of jelly, giving holiday presents But all the chosen people ever get for Christmas is jealous When I was high upon the mountain, God revealed the truths of the earth But he never mentioned a fat-ass Papa Smurf It takes nine reindeers to haul your fat ass You took the Christ out of Christmas and just added more mass You need 
to stop breaking the houses and creeping them peeping on naughty kids while they sleeping and keep your hands off my stocking don't you ho ho me i split your ass in half like i did the red sea you ain't a saint you a slaver like a pharaoh in the snow stop with the unpaid labor and let my little people go hey, let's hand turn your brains to mush i think you need to stop smoking all that burning bush yeah we're magical workers man we hang with brain kids. yo here's a gps who gets lost for 40 years you're a glorified secretary so write this down we got these nuts santa claus is coming to town so much drama in the Israel BC It's kinda hard talking directly to the Gigo single D Hand me my chisel, I got a new command diesel for y'all Thou shall not let children sit on a grown man's lap at the mall I'll beat you ten times before the bread can rise, you dummy And walk off into the land of my milk and honeys Who won? Who's next? You Cowboy James Storm, and you're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. All right, guys, we're back right here on the Wrestling News Live 2012 Christmas Craptacular. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the mic, JJ Allcap Sexay, joined by the Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella, and the founder and original host of Wrestling News Live. That's right, we thawed him out, ladies and gentlemen. The motherfucking Trey Dog is back. 2012. Are you kidding me? Thank God it's almost over. Man. Yeah. 2012. Just thinking back to the first ever craptacular and how many years that's been. Was it? Well, I'm oh. thinking that was 2005, or was it 2006? I don't know, but we didn't even do a craptacular when we started the show. I mean, that was something that came along down the road a long time, you know. Actually, you know what? I think it was 2006. I think I had already moved to Canada when you guys did that. No, see, I think it was 2005 because I just listened to it again the other day. That's like a Christmas tradition. <laughs> because me. well i mean well that first one the first ever craptacular um and the story that was relayed to me was that while on a layover in the airport john cena and the big show listened to the craptacular on one of them's laptop i'm pretty sure it was 06 because we had done the when worlds collide in 05 and so it would have been right after that, the next month, that the crap tackle would have happened. I'm no help because I have no idea. No, no, it was 2006. I know for a fact it was. I was here when you guys did the first one. So. And then shortly thereafter, there was a taboo turkey day. Yeah. You know, just amazing how time flies. Yeah, I mean, shit, we're going on what now? 17 years, I guess we could say? I don't really want to go there. I don't want to feel any older than I already do. <laughs> shit. Pretty soon, pretty soon, WNL is going to graduate, get married, and have kids, and move on. Yep, yep. Man, we got a we got a tie taker streak, man. We got to go twenty and zero. Right. 
I don't know, man. Seems like it was just yesterday. I was standing behind the counter at the t-shirt shop in Branson, and the guy on the radio said, have you ever wanted to host your own radio show? And I was like, yeah. And next thing you know, he's like, fancast.com, blah, 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 blah. And I immediately picked up the phone and called JSK and said, holy shit, have I got an idea. And he was like, what is it? And I still remember, I still have, actually, the original computer, the first ever computer that he and I owned, I bought for $200 at a computer surplus place. And I said, we're going to do a wrestling radio show starting tonight. And he was like, oh, I don't know about that. And we took a sheet and pulled it from behind and put it behind us and wrote WNL on it in spray paint. <laughs> wow. And then we couldn't figure out how to make the webcam and the microphones work at the same time, so then it became just a radio show instead of a video show. But originally, it was supposed to be a video show. We just couldn't figure out how to make it work, or I couldn't, rather. Well, I mean, moving moving on, I know that uh, when Worlds Collide 1 was a video show, but didn't you end up breaking your fucking webcam because you lost it for some reason? Oh, I've gone through a couple. Um, <laughs> I've gone through a few on air. Yeah, that wasn't when Worlds Collide that that happened. It was, I think, after that. He, he pretty much decided to throw the webcam at the wall and went to about a thousand pieces. Wow. You know what's really funny? And you, you talk about a flashback. Um, I had one the other day. And, uh, you know, when Wrestling News Live started out on FanCast, you know, we had maybe one or two or three listeners the first show, and then I think we doubled that with six or seven on the second show, and... But the good part about that was, you know, there's only four or five or six, seven listeners. They, they listened for the entire four or five hours that we were on the air just talking, me and JSK. Uh, not taking phone calls, not taking emails, just the two of us just bullshitting. Um, my brilliant idea was to go to Yahoo Chat where they had wrestling rooms that were, you know, for wrestling fans. Well, what better way to reach out to the the wrestling audience and to advertise in WWF one and two and three and four on the Yahoo chat. And I received a message this uh, month that Yahoo has officially closed those chat rooms down for good. Wow. They're no longer available. Well, I mean, Google's killing. That's, that's where, that's where we picked up all of our audience to begin with. Everybody that listened to the show was from WWF chat. Yeah. Makes you feel old, man. Yeah, that's where the phenom. That's where the phenom came from. Charles Shane was a WWF chatter. Came over to listen to the show because we talked about how great we were in the chat room, and people had to come check us out, and they did. And a lot of them stayed. And then we built off that fan base. They got bigger and bigger and bigger until where we are today. Well, I mean, everything has changed so much. I mean, back then, you know, what did you have? Meltzer's, you know. Newsletter that you had to subscribe to if you wanted the inside scoop on the business. I mean, you had yeah. WWF magazine, but it was worked as hell. It wasn't legit news. So basically, what you had back then at that point was shows like Getting the Ring were out, um, doing their thing on terrestrial radio and archiving their terrestrial radio show on the internet later for, for the internet listeners. Um, you had a few wrestling radio shows, not many, but you had like um, WCW Live, Bite This on the internet, 
that were WCW and WWF related at the time. You know, but yeah, we've been around a while. It's funny. I didn't even know wrestling radio existed until I uh, until 2003 when I got involved. You know, I, I just I never thought to put the two together. You know, I wasn't very uh, I wasn't big into the computer stuff, right? I mean, I was doing my video games on. You know, well, like, you should have seen it blow up. Though. Oh, when we were doing wrestling radio on FanCast. We were the first wrestling radio show they had, and then within a month's time, there were thirty other shows trying to do wrestling radio. Well, I mean, not only that. I mean, you know. I started listening to wrestling radio, I would say, in 09. And then it just one of those things that happens. I read a news article and hear about you guys and gave you a listen. And that's when, you know, you and you and um, JJ had re-debuted the show. And I listened to it and I was like, wow, okay, cool. And I remember, t- to this day, I'm pissed off because I have every show archived since the re-debut. And I can't find the one with my first email. And you read it, Trey. It was from Tony Mirabella in the Bronx. And the first thing you did was you said, you got to talk to him, you know, in a language he can understand. Tony, thanks for the email. And I cannot <laughs> find that show. And it was my first interaction with this network. And it's uh, never in a million years that I think I'd be where I am now. Ever. Hey, Tony, thanks for the fucking email. Now watch the G.I. Joe have a coconut smile and shut the fuck up, huh? <laughs> now look at you now. You're fucking hosting shows. Doing a great job, Bronx. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. It's been a really, really great year. And, a lot yeah. of people a lot of people are in the same boat, though. I mean, a lot of people remember the, uh, you know, they, they joined us through the Kid Cash firing. You know, when Kid Cash got fired and TNA put on their website that Kid Cash was fired due to comments made on the popular wrestling radio show Wrestling News Live, and I quote, that's what it said. That was on their front page at TNAWrestling.com. That got us a lot of publicity. We've been on there before that, and it said something like, uh, the King of the Mountain, Jeff Jarrett, joins Wrestling News Live for a can't-miss interview or something like that, and, you know... We'd been on uh, the website once before that. But, yeah, that the, the uh, Kid Cash thing got us a lot of publicity. Well, now, I, here, here's a question. I don't want to stray too far off topic, but since we're going down memory lane and since this is the craptacular, uh, I said, la, 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 la. There you go. I said this to Bronx earlier, but uh, do you have any, like, favorite Christmas memories that you want to share? I mean, it doesn't have to be wrestling news live related, but just, like, in general, you know, growing up as a kid or – is there a moment that stands out in your mind of something that you did uh, during Christmas that you know that, that you think about? My family has uh, we've got my family as a my 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 immediate family has one, and my dad does it every year like clockwork. He'll do it again this year. <coughs> Excuse me. My brother, we call it the stuffing story, and my mom put stuffing on my little brother's plate, as we all sat around the dinner table for the only twice a year, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we all sat around the table and my mom plopped down a lump of stuffing on my brother's plate. He started crying and nobody understood why we couldn't figure out what the hell was wrong. He just didn't like, he just didn't like the look of it. He wasn't going to eat it. So finally he cried and complained and cried and complained. And my dad said, look, if you don't eat it, then every present you unwrapped, I'm taking back to Santa. 
And he was like, okay. Try a big old spoon of it, another big old spoon of it, another big old spoon of it. Then he was like, instead of just, you know, going on with it, my little brother, who didn't know any better, chimes out in the middle of Christmas dinner, grandparents and all, I can't believe I didn't want this. I I love this shit. (laughs) Right at the Christmas table. So that's the... uh, that's the uh, stuffing story that my dad tells every year. Um, there was a year that I woke up and went outside and actually, went, well, the year I woke up when I was 16, I was 15 and a half because I turned 16 in June. And I literally got nothing for Christmas. And I had been in a little trouble that year, you know. I wasn't the greatest child. And I literally thought that my parents were trying to teach me a lesson. And come to find out that wasn't the case, they had bought me a brand new Mustang 5.0 GT, and it was sitting out in the driveway waiting on me. Now, that was that was one of my favorite Christmases. And then there was the year that I brought JSK to the house. Well, walks in, meets my parents. He'd met my dad before, but he'd never met my mother or my sister. Meets them. We had obviously gotten there a little late in the afternoon or evening and mom was like all right well dinner's ready y'all are hungry and of course jsk was always fucking hungry because he was breathing he was hungry (laughs) and he said yeah i'm starving well she said well sit down at the table right there we'll we'll feed you guys so i go ahead and make my own plate and my brother joins us and makes his own plate and jsk gets up goes to the kitchen to see if he can be of any help and makes his own plate and on his way back to the table looking down at the plate not paying any attention he walks right into the chandelier hanging from the ceiling and busts the lights out of the chandelier and i mean it comes down like it'd been cut with a switch so now there's glass all over the place everybody else's food is ruined because the the chandelier hits the table and shatters into a million pieces and now none of us can eat our food because it's got glass in it but he doesn't care because his food's okay. So he goes ahead and tries to sit down. And when he does, his ass goes all the way through the bottom of the chair and he hits the floor. So it was like watching a big man in a little house. And after that, Dad said Jody wasn't welcome to Christmas dinner anymore. Damn. Because he, wow. he, couldn't, he couldn't afford the repairs. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I mean, shit, JSK was 6'8", right? So, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, he couldn't stand up in my house. My ceilings weren't tall enough. Wow. He's a big son. You know what? He's a big son of a bitch. And, you know, this, this is not a Christmas story, but I remember uh, I remember the first one ever, uh, Worlds Collide, the, the first one we ever did in 2005 for Survivor Series. I remember that we had planned this for a couple of weeks. It was my birthday weekend, so it was in November, and went to Arkansas. I remember going to Missouri, pulling up to the apartment for the first time, and uh, as I'm getting out of the car... I see this big fucking giant walk out of the He goes, you're J.J., right? And I said, yeah. He goes, all right, it's room, uh, uh, what did he say? It was uh, apartment, uh, come on, Trey, help me out here. C-23, bitches. That's right. He says, C-23. I said, all right, cool. So uh, that was my first memory of JSK. I was like, who the <coughs> fuck is this big motherfucker, you know? But uh, he's a cool guy. I miss him. You remember that night that... We, he and I got in that argument, and I was jumping up and down on the couch and screaming in his face. Oh, yeah. I remember that really well. I was uh, 
Was it was it Jennifer that was there? Yeah, my ex. Yeah, yeah your ex Jennifer. We were. I was like, are they okay? <laughs> I was like, what's going on? He goes, all oh, this shit happens all the time. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I was just trying to get that motherfucker to fight me, and he wouldn't do it. I remember the next day, I thought there was going to be a lot of heat between the two of them, and me and Jennifer went to go pick up her check and pick up lunch, and everything was all cool when we got back. I was like... Yeah, when y'all walked in, we were sitting there playing Xbox. I know, y'all were playing like X-Men. I was like, oh, okay, cool. They're they're getting along again. You're always going to fight when you share a place with somebody. I mean, it's... Well, not like we did. Well, And it pissed us off when people would go, you guys fight like you're married. Oh, fuck, that was like throwing gas on a fire. God, we hated that shit. Well, I mean, no one will ever forget the... The infamous, leave me the fuck alone, and then you hear just boom, and <laughs> and the fucking JSK does the rest of the show on the floor when you knock the shit out of him. I hit him so hard, he fell out of his chair to the left, through the closet door, like, you know like when they break a table, and it breaks in half? Yeah. The closet door broke in half, and is, is in a V-shape. Now in a V-shape coming out of the closet, and he's laying on the bottom part of the door with the top part of the door falling down on his head. <laughs> Amongst all the clothes that have fallen down now that you know, he knocked down when he went through the wall or into the closet, and his hair was all messed up, and if you take a pair of headphones and you turn them to where they're not over your ears, now the one's over your nose and one's over the back of your head, that's <laughs> what his looks like. Can I get up yet? That was no. awesome. Now, no, you cannot get up. <laughs> I swear to God, if you get up, I'm gonna knock you the fuck right back down where you came from. Now, Bron oh, Bronx, do you have any any memories that you can think of? Well, there's a few, but the the one that stands out is I grew up with my grandparents, and my grandfather was a redneck from uh, Indiana, and he was the first guy who made me taste beer when I was like eight years old, and promised not to tell my grandmother. And every year he made a, a big deal of decorating the outside of our house. And what he would do is back then they had these big Christmas light bulbs. I mean, they were huge. So one year, now you have to remember, the house I lived in was old and the fuse boxes downstairs were designed by fucking aliens. Like you pulled out one fuse and it would cut the power to one outlet in the basement, two light fixtures on the top floor, and a fucking another outlet on the middle floor it was just a jumble one year he strings up christmas lights plugs them in fuse blows so my grandmother's like come on tony let's go to the uh you know the hardware store back then you had mom and pop hardware stores there was no home depot so he went and bought like five fuses and he keeps connecting the christmas lights blowing a fuse connect to the point where we went through all five of them and had to go back to the hardware store again. And finally, bless his heart, he got it right. And then, of course, he would take me outside to look at the lights late at night. And the house would be great. We had one of those huge, like, animated snowmen and a huge candle. And inevitably, we'd be standing outside and Grandpa would start cursing like a truck driver. And I'd be like, what's wrong, Grandpa? God damn it. A light on the top of the roof, which he had to put up one of those like extension things that they have at the grocery store to get the paper towels and shit. Out of all the goddamn lights, the one on top of the roof had to fucking go out. It couldn't be one down here. It had to be one on the roof. And it was just, I don't know. He, 
he tried so hard every year and something always went wrong but it was it, it was just awesome man he was he was the greatest guy man I, I miss I miss the shit out of him and today I just watched I miss watching all the home videos that we made when we were a family you know taping Christmas on dad's video camera and you know watching them later on in the year I always miss that well we lost him December fucked up December 23rd 1980 Whoa. and it was I was I can't I don't even want to get into it how devastated I was but he was the most awesome guy and every good thing inside me everything that makes me a man I owe to him because as far as my father's concerned he can fucking eat shit and die because right. my grandpa was my father he was awesome I but see. I mean yeah you know it's not the same as when you were a kid. My uncle used to dress up as Santa Claus. I was 10 years old before I realized it was him. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, for me, I mean, there's a couple that really stand out. Uh, I, you know, I think Trey touched on this too. He talking about the videotaping and, and watching the stuff later. There was a point in my life when uh, we used to go every Christmas to my, uh, to my mom's family's house, my, my grandmother and, and grandfather. And, of course, long story short, they, they got divorced when I was you know, in my teenage years. Um, but the whole family would be there. My, on my mom's side of the family, she had, uh, what was it? There were four of them. It was her. She was the oldest. And then Uncle Gary and then Larry and Linda. And Larry was still young enough. He was the, the youngest. So he wasn't really married and had kids. But Linda had kids. Gary had kids. And, of course, my mother had kids. And... The cool thing about that was we'd always go and do Thanksgiving and we'd always do Christmas there. And it was, you know, just the whole family unit. It was it was always cool. And I remember, I think it was a Christmas back in 83 or maybe 84 when my cousin Chris, who was actually adopted, he's about a year older than me, but he was adopted. Um, we had pretty much the, the entire collection of the Star Wars stuff from Return of the Jedi, Okay. And I remember getting stuff for Christmas that year that was Star Wars related. I think I got a Millennium Falcon, and he got like a, I think one of the damn Imperial Walkers from uh, Return of the, or not Return of the Jedi, but The Empire Strikes Back. And I remember we went off with the rest of the kids in one of the back rooms and fucking played Star Wars for hours. So much so that the adults had pretty much forgotten about us. You know, we came out because we were hungry, and they had already eaten dinner and like it cleaned <laughs> up and everything. They just forgot that we were there because we were back playing Star Wars. And fucking having a good old time and letting them do the adult stuff. And, uh, you know, I, that was that was a cool memory. And then the other one that really stands out is one that happened recently. I'd say probably 2008 when Lexi was almost two years old. And uh, I remember she was wearing the little red Santa Claus pajamas and we're opening up presents. And she was old enough to kind of understand what was going on. And, uh, you know, so for me, as a father, that was kind of a, a big moment. I remember she opened her presents up, and I think I had an Xbox game that came with some microphones. I think it was Lips or something, the karaoke song, uh, the karaoke game. And she was playing with the with the uh, microphones like she was singing in them. So, I mean, that was, a, to me, that, that's, a, that's a pretty cool memory, you know, having kids and, and watching them experience Christmas and opening presents for the first time and really understanding what's going on. It's kind of it's kind of the moment stands out for me. Well, I mean, it was like when my sister was like two years old, and you know, I'm like, wow. My sister is 
16 now. So I was probably, I don't know, 20 something years old and seeing her open the presents, you know, that that's what it's all about. And unfortunately, you know, when you get older, Christmas ain't the same. I mean, I remember tearing shit up and just getting upset. Remember when you got the shirt or the pair of pants? I don't want this Socks. shit. Yep. Yeah. The underwear. Grandma, Grandma and Grandpa and the aunts and the uncles on my side of the family, when they used to bring presents back when I was a little, little kid, always brought the worst shit. Bringing you the underwear and the fucking undershirts and the fucking shit that you there don't There was one want. year I forgot, and I've never told this story, ever, oh. on any show. Or any crap tackler, anything. I can't believe this has never come up, especially when he was still alive. But it was like, I want to say like 2003, 2004, and I was in Walmart, and I get a phone call from the bar that Jody and I worked at, and the lady on the phone says, Trey, I just wanted to call you before... You spent a lot of money on Christmas. Um, the bar's being shut down. And I went, what? And it was my only job was, you know, bartending two nights a week and then karaoke and running the karaoke like four nights a week. You know, I made good money at it, but it was the only job I had. She calls and says, yeah, the, the bar's shutting down. We're going to close down for about six months. Then we're going to reopen in a new place and we may bring you back. We don't know yet. Well, all right, fuck, bah humbug, you know. Well, I immediately call JSK and tell him the good news. Well, now, because he was the bartender on the nights that I ran karaoke, they just killed the income in our household. We're both broke now. And I remember Christmas morning, he was sitting on the couch. I was sitting in the recliner. We were watching TV. And about 1.30 in the afternoon... We both stood up for for some reason. We both got up to go do something. I don't know what it was. Maybe he was going to piss and I was going to get something to drink or something to eat, something, I don't know. But we both stood up off the couch during the commercial or whatever we were watching. And I, for some reason, I just turned to him. I said, oh, hey, by the way, you know, I didn't get you anything for Christmas this year. Here's 20 bucks. And I gave him 20 bucks and shook his hand. He looks down at the $20, and I'll never forget this. He looks down at the $20, and he goes, you know what, man? I didn't have a chance to get you anything either. Here's 20 bucks," and hands it back to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, all right, Merry Christmas. And then he went off to do his thing, and I went off to do my thing. And that was it. Nice. Uh, you know, I, I, I can also remember another one. Uh, you know, I moved in with my dad. Uh, he was living in Denver, Colorado. Back in, uh, I guess it was December of 89. And I remember the Christmas in 1990. You know, my dad was the world's worst when it came to shopping, you know, for Christmas. He'd always be like, all right, well, here's money, you know, do what you want with it or, or whatever. And he'd right. go to the mall and, you know, we'd split up and, and do our thing. And I remember going and uh, buying him some stuff from Spencer's Gifts because my dad has a unique sense of humor, you know. And I thought, okay, there's things there that, that he would like. So I go to Spencer's, and they have these, these fucking, uh, they're called Moonies. So basically, you, you press down on the... Uh, and their pants fall down, they moon Yes, you. yes, they moon you. And he loved that thing so much so that he literally, I think he worked at the Air Force Base at that point, that thing literally sat on his desk. And he would always fuck with people and moon them. So I knew that I'd done a pretty good job. I actually... Uh, my dad. 
I actually took it with me when uh, when I, I actually have it here at the house. I brought it from uh, nice because he had it in his closet. Um, you know when I got his effects and stuff. But uh, my dad used to have this thing on his workbench that was off limits. I couldn't touch it. I was told never to touch it, and I never understood why. And it just seemed like that you know, lost artifact that Indiana Jones was trying to get before the end of the movie, you know. <laughs> Every time I get close, something would happen and foil my plans. And it was sitting on the window above his workbench in the garage. And finally, one summer, my mom decided that since I was so much older than my brother and sister that they, when they had nap time at noon or 1 o'clock or whatever, I had to spend an hour outside playing mandatory don't come in don't knock unless you're dying leave me alone and i remember okay this is my chance and i never understood because he would never let me see it never let me touch it and finally when i was sitting outside i said well you know hang out here in the garage one day and waited for mom to go back inside and start putting the kids to bed and i jumped up on the workbench and finally i got my hands on this thing and it was like a little Mexican Aztec type carving out of wood. And he was, you know, frowning, but he had a big smile on his face, which always intrigued me, I guess. And it was black with gold trim and gold paint. And it was just a dude. And you could see from the head up and the feet down, like the ankles down to the feet. And he had a barrel around him. When you lifted that barrel, he had this huge cock that came out on a spring and jiggled. <laughs> oh, shit. But I can remember my dad showing that to any guy that came in the garage. And they'd get a big laugh out of it. All right, you can come back in here now. And then I'd come back in the you know garage and he'd have it put up. Oh, shit. That's good. You know, I remember one now that, that, that just came to me while Trey was talking as, as I was listening to your story. My mom actually took a bump through a wood table at Christmas. What happened was she had bought, like, my mom was one of these people who liked these fucking seven, eight-foot Christmas trees. Mm. So she buys this huge tree, and the end of the season comes. She's going to take it down, get rid of it. She has to stand on a chair in order to pull the tree down to get the, the decorations off the top. And the tree tips over on her, and the weight ah. of it actually makes her fall through the table. <laughs> and, I mean, she you know, she was on some pain meds for a while. She, she was fucked up. But, but, you know, back then I was a wrestling fan. I'm like, you, you went through a table? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, <coughs> um, good thing it went to TLC. Yeah, but but yeah, mom took a bump through the table at Christmas. So I mean that was. <laughs> well, my dad might still have this. My dad was always real bad about, and I'm sure dads everywhere do this. Probably even JJ's dad back in the day. But you'd be walking through the house, and he'd say, "Hey, while you're up, give me a beer," you know, or you or you'd be sitting down watching TV. Or laying in the floor, and he would say, hey. And you look at him and go, what? he go, while you're up, get me a beer. I'm not up. Well, you will be when you get up and go get me that beer. See, I, I do that shit now. I don't, I don't yeah. tell my kids to get me a beer. But I'm like, 
you know, go go be some water, you know, bring me something or, you know, yeah. do this, do that. So he got me up off the floor one day and I was like, you motherfucker. I got him his beer, but I shook that motherfucker up like we were at Sherman Williams doing some paint. <laughs> oh, shit. No. And this was on a, this was on a Friday night. And he opened the beer, and it sprayed all over the fucking place. And he was pissed, and I got my ass busted and sent to my room. I was grounded, put on timeout, whatever. I bet you did get that ass busted. God damn it, I'd have busted I did, your ass. I did, I did. And then the next night, mind you, the very next night, I'm laying on the floor. Mom brings Dad his plate of food. He had been home five minutes, and... This is Christmas Day. I don't know where he'd been. He'd been, I think, cutting wood with my grandfather or something. I don't know. But, but he sits down, and Mom puts his food in front of him, and he starts going to town. He looks down at the floor, and I'm watching TV, and I know, he's, I know exactly what I was watching. I was watching Thundercats because Thundercats used to be on at night. Believe it or not, he actually does know that cartoon. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm watching Thundercats. It's seven something at night. Dad's sitting there eating. Mom comes in and says, Dad says, Oh shit, I forgot to grab you a beer. Dad says, Don't worry about it. Hey, dickhead, while you're up, get me a beer. <sighs> I exhale, you know. He's like, Don't give me no lip. Just get your ass in there and get me a beer. And as I'm walking back with the can of beer, he says, There better not be any of that funny business like last night. To which I giggle. I hand him this can of beer. It's a can of Keystone. He opens it up, and the beer says, Congratulations, you're a winner! Which scares the fuck out of him, and he jumps back and falls out of his recliner backwards. <laughs> because he was so gun-shy, expecting it to spray him again, that when it said something to him, it scared the fuck out of him. I still have that can. He didn't whip your ass on that one, did he? No, and he never turned it in to see what he won either. That's what pissed me off. Uh but still to this day i have that can sitting in his garage uh it won't talk anymore because the battery is dead but up until a few years ago it would still go congratulations you know that's awesome well i mean you know i I had an uncle and unfortunately he passed away too but he was real cool and what would happen was in my dining room we would all (laughs) and there was a bathroom in the dining room because the dining room was an extension that was added to my house. So I would go in the bathroom, come out and I'd have a full cup of like, you know, Pepsi Cola. And I'd go to take a sip and be like, Oh God, what it, what the fuck? And he would start laughing. What he would like to do is take the salt shaker and put salt Mm. in the soda. (laughs) Yeah. I did that to my brother a couple of times. Oh, he got me every time. <laughs> That's funny. So let's see. We have an email that I want to read. It's not necessarily a Christmas craptacular email, but it's one that was sent to us this week, so we may as well cover it since we're not going to be on the air live for the next two weeks. Okay. Yep. So that said, let's play the email sounder. Hello, everybody. Hey, Sherbrooke. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. I've always really wanted to do this. I have received an email. Of course you have an email, you idiot. Just read it. All right, it comes to us from uh, Ted Mitchell. 
And Ted says, hey, JJ Bronx, I'm a longtime listener, and I have a question about Dolph Ziggler. Do you think he'll be champion for a long time, and is the AJ angle going to last? Bronx, I'll let you start off. Well, I think at some point Ziggler is going to be your champ. Here's my problem. He's going to be your WWE world heavyweight champ, not your WWE champ on Raw. And I think that in order for Dolph to get to that next level, he needs to win that title on Raw. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, we've spoken on this before. The SmackDown WWE World Heavyweight Championship is basically like the way the IC Championship used to be. It's not the number one. I'd like to see Dolph win the number one in 2013, maybe even from The Rock. What the hell? I think Ziggler has a ton of potential, and if they don't pull the trigger on him, they're stupid because he's fucking gold. I see 2013 to be the year of Dolph Ziggler, one way or another. Trey? I uh, I would like to see him do something where maybe they keep AJ and, and, and uh, Ziggler together for a little while to see what happens. Um but I, I agree with just about everything Bronx just said. I think that next year will be a big turning point for Ziggler. Um, I hope he doesn't waste another year just trying to reach up and grab that, that brass ring because he's been so close, turned down so many times. You know, I just I, I, I think 2013 is the make or break year for that guy. Well, and I'll agree. Because they're going to Samoa Joe him is what they're going to do. They're going to make it to where the crowd wanted it, the crowd wanted it, the crowd wanted it. Then they finally gave it to you, and now the crowd's like, oh, we're already moving on to somebody else. I hear you. I, I, I want to be more optimistic than that. I think that um, I think they've got a good story right now in play with AJ and Dolph Ziggler together and with Biggie Langston as the enforcer. I see it going like this. I think that... Um, it's only a matter of time at some point in 2013 that Dolph Ziggler wins the World Heavyweight Championship. But I think that uh, he'll have a decent run as a heel champion, you know, and I think Biggie Langston will, will be still that guy that's his enforcer, his diesel to Shawn Michaels, basically. But I think by the time we get into 2014, I think that there's going to be a problem between AJ. We've already seen that she's psycho. I think that uh, she's going to fuck Ziggler over. He's going to fucking turn face. And probably sometime in uh, 2014, he's going to move over to the Raw brand and he'll be the face WWE champion because, as we know, John Cena's winding down. He's not going to have many years left, and I think Ziggler is going to be that guy that's going to that's gonna be the, uh, the standard bearer. I mean, they're looking for that next big thing in wrestling right now. You got Ryback, who's kind of a big deal, but I don't see him taking John Cena's spot. And you got Ziggler, who I think could be uh, the second coming of the Heartbreak Kid or the first coming of Adolph Ziggler, who's going to be a big-time star in this industry. So I want to believe that 2014 we're going to see that WWE championship around his waist, and Dolph's going to be the guy. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I'm sorry, Trey. Go ahead. No, I was agreeing. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's almost like when The Rock, you know, started – started throwing hints out there and the fans just wanted to cheer him when, when he was a hardcore heel and insulting the fans and don't don't cheer along with the rock there was that feeling i had that at some point the fans are going to force this guy to be a baby face and i think they're there with ziggler i think that 
deep down, the fans want to cheer Dolph Ziggler, and it just needs that little bit of a push. Well, they did a few years ago. They cheered him like they wanted him to be the next champion, and then they they, they teased it, teased it, teased it, and then they pulled the rug out from underneath him. Well, I mean, and WWE, WWE is synonymous back to the WWF days of saying, oh, you want to like this guy? No, nah, we'll tell you who to like. No, you're right. I, I just think with this whole AJ and Biggie Langston uh, team up that they've got with Ziggler right now, that to me that just that sets up his uh, his face turn so well because you know all it's going to take is for him to be the WWE or the excuse me the World Heavyweight Champion, do something that pisses off AJ Lee, and as long as Langston is still working with him and she's with and he's with AJ, you know, Biggie Langston will take that belt from Dolph Ziggler and in essence probably turn Dolph Ziggler face. Yeah, but see, I see Big E at some point. There's no way you don't put him and Ryback back together in a match. That's going to happen at some point. And depending on how the buildup is, it, it could potentially be huge. You're talking about two guys who are similar in size, similar in style. I mean, shit, people have been calling him Ryback Black for years. Right. So at some point, that's a match you're going to be able to have. But it's almost like it reminds me of, you know, as far as Ziggler goes, it's like when Christian was on TV that time and the fans are going apeshit. shit nuts. Yeah, Tom Kelly would come out with him. Yeah, and, and, Chris, and, you know, Vince McMahon is looking like, the fuck? And it's almost like, you know, there are some people who would rather be proved right than make money what happened to Christian? After that, they he moved to SmackDown, and they shit on him. Now, I don't think that's going to happen with, with Ryback. I don't think it's going to happen with Dolph Ziggler. But I think that a little push, and you could get the fans behind Ziggler big time. Oh, I agree. I, but I think Biggie Langston and Ryback, you're right. I think they're going to be a, a WrestleMania main event in a couple years. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I see that being like the Hogan Warrior, you know, from WrestleMania 6. I think it's going to be, you know, the unstoppable with, force with, and the immovable object. With Ziggler, though, it's going to take the right moment, the right run in, the right save. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And I could even see I could even see a guy like CM Punk in his last WrestleMania match putting a guy like Ziggler over. Because mm-hmm. he said he's not going to be there, you know, for a long time. I think in the next two or three years, Punk's going to leave. Wow. Because, no, no, seriously, he was in an interview and he said he's not going to stick around for a long time. You know, he's the only thing he hasn't done in this business yet is main event of WrestleMania. There's not much he hasn't done yet. And I think once he's had that, I mean, you know, he seems like he's a pretty smart guy and he's saving his money and he won't have to fucking wrestle when he's Ric Flair's age. He won't have to keep doing it. You know, I just think that the next two or three years are going to be crucial for Punk. I think that he's going to be gone after that. Well, I mean, he's on a level now, is Punk, where, you know, everything's at, you know, his fingertips. I mean, he he has no limits. I mean, are you kidding me? He's going to be going on 400 days as champion soon. Yeah, but but the only reason he's going that far is because they're going to put that belt on The Rock. They are just keeping that title on him right now to put it on, on Dwayne Johnson. Well, you know what? I'll say this to you, man. How epic would it be? Think about this for a minute. We talked last year about The Rock putting John Cena over, and it didn't happen. But can you imagine, J.J., at the Royal Rumble, 
The Rock put CM Punk over? Now, I know he has appearances scheduled, The Rock, but those appearances could be used to cut the five fucking star promos that The Rock could have with CM Punk. You inject John Cena into it. He's pissed because Punk did what he couldn't do. And I mean, it could really be gold. I will say this. I predicted it last year. I'm not 100% sure The Rock goes over CM Punk. I'm not. I'm not either yet. Well, you know what? I am. I, I'm I'm convinced that they're going this route. And, you know, if I'm wrong, I'll say that I'm wrong. I'm convinced they're going this route because it does two things. You put the belt on The Rock. He's got all these fucking movies coming out the first of the year. It's a huge, huge thing for the WWE to have the top fucking draw in action movies right now. A top Hollywood star as their champion. Not only a guy that was... You know, that was their champion in the past and was one of the best ever in this business. Not just some random actor like a David Arquette they put a title on to promote movies. This is a big deal. You got The Rock fucking on Conan. He's got the WWE Championship around his waist or on his shoulder, and he's promoting pain and gain. He's promoting G.I. Joe. He's promoting this. He's promoting that. He's on every major fucking talk show or anything to promote WrestleMania as the WWE Champion. It's fucking huge for them. It's all about getting that buy rate for WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly what it is. Buy rate and uh, exposure. Mm. Well, what would the buy rate be if WrestleMania turns into a triple threat? The Rock, John Cena, and the current WWE champ, CM Punk, still with the belt for that title. Well, it'd be, hard, it'd be hard to justify unless there's a run-in during the Royal Rumble title match. Because then you say to yourself, all right, it was one thing to give The Rock a title shot at Rumble that he didn't earn. It's another to turn around and give him one at WrestleMania after he lost. No, you know what? I think it's going to end up being Rock and John Cena again, and I think this time he's going to put Cena over. I think that's, that's the plan. I can't see any other way. I couldn't believe he didn't put him over last year. Right. So it makes me think that that's got to be the plan, to put him over at WrestleMania and put that belt on him. There's no bigger thing that The Rock can do other than put John Cena over for that belt at WrestleMania. I mean, Punk would be great. I'd love to see Punk and Rock at, at, uh, at WrestleMania. But I think the direction they're going is a, is a rematch. So if that's the case, then obviously John Cena is going to have to win the Rumble. Hmm. Well, you know what? We're in disagreement. We're not sure of it. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. You know, let's see what happens. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. The road to WrestleMania is right around the corner. Yeah. Coming up, man, January, Royal Rumble. And, you know, as soon as the Royal Rumble is over, bang, road to WrestleMania. You're right. And I cannot wait till WrestleMania. I can't wait to, to go to New York and meet up with you and some of the other listeners on the network that, that listen to us and, you know, just be a part of the show. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be a good year, man. Trust me, it, it's got to be a better year. I mean, we started off 2012 on, on such a sour note, you know, with, with my dad passing away, and it just seems like it's been nonstop this and that the whole year. So I'm ready to get this year over with, and I'm ready for new beginnings and new things in 2013. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking to, you know, celebrate New Year's Eve. I mean, fucking eye surgeries and then, you know, Hurricane Sandy. 2012 has kind of sucked. You know, I, I'm... I know it sucked for you, JJ, and I'm I'm glad to wave it goodbye. See ya. Bye. Yeah, I you know, it was 
like I said, talking to Concept last night for the first time in months. And, uh, you know, I'm finally getting to a place where I'm, you know, happy. You know, especially with life and the way things are going. You know, I'm working my ass off, but I'm also making a shit ton of money. And I don't owe anybody anything. I've paid off everything I owe to everybody I owe. And, you know, starting this week, all that extra money just goes right in the bank account. Nice. There you go. Well, now, Get Christmas over with where I'm not buying presents and shit, and then <laughs> boom. <laughs> well, Trey, speaking of which, what are your plans for Christmas? I'm going to uh, go to my brother's house around 5 o'clock that night, and the family's going to do presents with the kids and all that, and all the gifts exchanged. And we uh, we haven't really been big on Christmas amongst the adults for years you know we don't buy each other things a whole lot um so it's this year i think what i'm gonna do is i've got a friend who owns not one but two awesome mexican restaurants here in town so uh a few days after christmas during the week sometime in the middle of the week maybe a thursday night or so um I'm going to take all the adults of the family, like my sister and her husband, my brother and his wife, and my dad and myself, and uh, what's left of my immediate family, and uh, even the kid, and the kids if they want to come along too, of course. But I'm going to buy the whole family dinner at the restaurant. That's nice. Cool. I actually yeah, I had got, I got I got the kids all individual presents, but you know. Yeah. I actually made queso last night, my world famous queso, simply because. Yeah. Because my father-in-law is here, and he loves it. And uh, so he's been with us for most of the week. He's going to be leaving on Wednesday, which is Boxing Day here. Um, but, yeah, he's going to go back to Fort McMurray then. So the plans that I have tentatively are, I told Bronx this earlier, we're going to be uh, watching Home Alone 1 and 2 tomorrow night prior to the girls going to bed. You know, cause it's a tradition. We watch Christmas movies, you know, and uh, I think we'll probably end up watching, you know, I think, I think I'm working tomorrow since it's going to be 30 below and fucking snowing. I just can't see that happening. So I'll probably spend most of the day watching movies like Elf. And tonight I'm probably going to watch Batter Santa <laughs> just because I love that movie. Um, but, yeah, I'll just be spending time with the girls. That's one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. No, oh, I, I, I love That's the That's right line. after a Christmas vacation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love the line where he's like, well, shit in one hand and wish in the other and see which one up fills up first. Okay. Love that line. Jesus Christ, kid. Yeah. I'll make you some sandwiches. I don't want no fucking sandwiches. I want you to just leave me alone. He's such a <laughs> dick in that movie. I love that fucking show. Yeah, those movies I've seen. <laughs> so you mean to tell me that it's just you and Grandma living alone in this big old house? Just the two of you? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. You know, the, the, the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> I still can't get oh, over that. Oh, that's the best. Oh, yeah. That is a kick at. They were actually doing a, a, what was it? I'm going to try and track that one down over the next day or so. I'm hoping it's on TV, but if not, I'll get it I on I was Netflix. surprised as shit. I recorded it on my DVR, you know, just by name. I said, next time it's on, wherever it's at, record it. And it popped up on uh, ABC Family. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh, they're going to cut the shit out of it, edit the shit out of it. They didn't, really. I mean, they, there was a couple parts they cut out, but... You know, not like I thought. I mean, he still said Merry Christmas, shitters fool, and kiss my ass, kiss your ass, kiss his ass, Happy Hanukkah. 
They did cut out my favorite line from the movie, though, which kind of made me mad. And that's when he says, oh, no, uh-uh, we're all in this together. We're going to have the hap-hap-happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap-tap-tap dance with Danny fucking K. That's <laughs> yes. my favorite line of the movie, and they cut that part out. Well, I, I know that I saw a commercial the other day where they were trying to sell the, uh, oh, what the Old fuck? Old Navy sweaters. No, well, th- yeah, there was that one, but there was another one where they were selling the fucking, uh, the moose mugs. Oh, yeah? Like, it was in the Christmas Vacation movie. Yeah, where him and Eddie are sitting there, and he goes, can I refill your eggnog, Eddie? No, Clark, I'm doing all right. Well, you know another movie that I have to watch at Christmas, and, and, and this may sound silly, Gremlins. Was actually yeah. Oh yeah, I love Gremlins, man. I Corey Feldman is fucking hilarious in that movie. You know, he's just a little fucking kid in that movie. You know, and you know what? I love the second one too, but the second one wasn't really a Christmas movie. You're on your own on that one. I mean, it had its moments, but that one was so stupid. Me, fucking. Fraser doing the voice of of the smart gremlin. Come on, dude. Oh, come on. The best part of that whole fucking movie is when the gremlins are invading the movie theater, and the fucking usher goes down and gets Hulk Hogan, and he cuts a promo on him. Listen, gremlin dudes, people are trying to watch the movie, brother. You know, all the gremlins <laughs> just kind of retreat. It's probably the best part of that whole fucking movie. Well, I mean, you know, it's like don't feed the motherfucker after midnight, and I'm sitting. How, there hard, like, how hard is that to fucking not do? I mean, yeah, Jesus Christ, you got to be dumber than a box of shit. Yeah, but Trey, every moment is after midnight. 10 a.m. is after midnight. So how do you know? Yeah, but, you know, they have the one scene in the movie, though, too, where they're talking, where the guy's telling them, uh, Williams, what's his name? Zach Galligan is telling them, you know, that you can't feed them after midnight. And they're like, well, what happens if they they got a piece of food stuck in their teeth and they digest it after midnight? I was just like, that's awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. Classic. But thank God there was no Gremlins 3, even though they left it wide open for the sequel when uh, the fucking guy that was on Star Trek Voyager, Robert Picardo, gets fucking raped by the goddamn female Gremlin in the bathroom. And he's all like, okay. <laughs> Uh-oh. Roddy Roddy Piper's on. They live. That's coming on Cinemax. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm watching Legion right now. Have you ever seen that movie? It's got it's got the guy that's the voice of uh, Jarvis from uh, Iron Man and the Avengers, Paul Bettany. And he's basically the angel Michael. And he comes down to Earth, and it's got Dennis Quaid and fucking Tyrese, and basically he's saving this chick that's pregnant because God wants her dead because he's lost faith in humanity, and he tears off his wings and is fucking fighting off the angels. Yeah, I want to see that. Oh, dude, this movie's fucking amazing. I love this movie. Shit, that reminds me of Dogma, one of my favorite movies ever. Oh, yeah. Jay and Silent Bob, the fucking prophets. Oh, I fucking love Dogma. I love the shit out of some dog, my boy. Of course, I, I was a big fan of Chasing Amy, so I, I thought that was a great movie. That was actually a good movie for Ben Affleck and, uh, and Matt Damon in the same movie. I thought it was good. But, yeah, I need to wrap this up because I got to go to my second job now. Yeah, we got to wrap this up. Uh, the only other thing I remember from Dogma that I really liked was Chris Rock, where he's like, they're talking about Jesus. He goes, that motherfucker owes me money. <laughs> I like where he says, fucking... I don't remember how he says it. Something just doesn't fall from the sky, you know. And then zoom. And he looks over and he sees that something. I think it was uh, angels don't just fall out of the sky or something like that. And boom. He falls out of the sky and fucking uh, Jay goes, big titty blonde-headed women don't just fall out of the sky, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. No, I liked when what's his name was playing the uh, the angel and says, you know, she, she's like, please don't rape me, and he's like, I couldn't rape you if I tried, and he p- takes off his pants yeah. like a GI Joe. Yeah. There's nothing there. Now but, you know that you've never seen the cartoon, but you know that GI Joe doesn't have a penis. Huh? How's that possible? Wow. You never watched the cartoon, but you're aware of the fact that he doesn't have a penis. I'm asking how that's possible. He's a doll. Doesn't mean I, he doesn't have a penis. You guys are killing me. You know what, Trey? If you got to go, I'll just say this. <laughs> 2012, I have uh, appreciated it. I've had a lot of fun. And I have a lot of respect for you guys for one reason. And I'll put this out there. You have never made it easy for me. You've decided that I live up to the expectations that you guys want me to. Shit, Trace chewed me, you know, chewed me a new one off the air because I did something wrong. And me? Yeah, you have. You Get have. Get the fuck out of here. The raw recap. And I appreciate that. I I appreciate that you guys forced me to earn my spot because in in my position, sometimes people will say, you know what? Just give it to him because he has a problem. But you guys have really made me work hard. And Andy Knowles and you, JJ, and you, Trey, it's been an absolute pleasure. And it's been my pleasure. I've had a good time, and I hope to have an even greater time in 2013. So I thank you guys. Oh, you earned it, man. You've earned it. You earned it, yeah. Trey, You're right. You weren't you weren't handed anything. That's for damn sure. No, we made you we made you fucking work for it. That's that's for damn sure. Well, that's the way I like it, man. That's the way it should be. You know, and maybe if shit, more people were forced to work for their spot, we wouldn't have the kind of shit we have in the world today. You know? Well, not that it matters now because the fan base has changed so much since day one and there's so very few day one listeners still out there, but you know, when Wrestling News Live started and I was sitting in fucking wrestling chat rooms promoting the show for hours and hours and hours upon end and working on graphics for the first time in my life. I I never knew how to do graphics. I had to teach myself. You know, if I wanted the, the shitty website that I built to say what time the show was, I had to learn how to make it do that because I had no idea and nobody to help me. You know, I'm not breaking my arm, pat myself on the back, or I'm not asking for a medal or a chest to pin it on. But... When I was still awake at 4 or 5, 6 o'clock in the morning working on that shit, you know, and then after that, editing archives so that I could send them to Adam through AOL Instant Messenger so he could post them on the website, that sucked, you know. So, I mean, we've all gone through some cow shit to get to the good parts of being on the show. That's for damn sure. You know, look at me. When I was a part of WTR, I didn't fucking produce. I was just, you know, the host. And from that, I've gone on to produce and, you know, everything else. So it, it's been a full circle for me. And it wasn't easy, but, you know, I figured it out. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you learn how to edit. You learn how to use, you know, audio programs. And I won't give too much away. But, you know, it, it's, look, you know, if you want to do this, you just, <laughs> you learn. And I'm glad I've learned because who knows? You know, in the future, maybe someone will need a, a, you know, audio editor, and and that's me. You know, I've I've basically enhanced my skills by being on this network, and uh, I still love it. One day, no plans of leaving it. One day, this will be the Bronx Father Radio Network. You watch. Mm -hmm. Who knows? JJ, JJ, I'll be sitting back in our rocking chairs, 
I drinking lemonade, him drinking some tea, me smoking a bunch of cigarettes, listening to the Bronx Father off of one speaker in the old folks' home. Could happen. Well, I'm not much fucking younger than you guys. You know, I started late. You know, what can you do? Through that. Well, you know, and I don't know any other way of saying this, but, you know, if it's not evident by my lack of airtime lately, uh, this old boy here is getting pretty close to retirement. Yeah. Well. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it, I'm not saying I'm done yet. I have an idea for a new show. It's going to take a lot of work to pull off to make it what I want. But I think it's one of those things that you know, with the right pre-production, the show should be easy to put off. You know, to put on rather. You know, but I just got to get to a place in my life where I have time, and right now that ain't it. True that. Well, Trey, any any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, I want to say, first and foremost, uh, I will always thank the fans, the listeners, the family, each and every one of you, even those that I argue with from time to time. Uh, my dog's about to go crazy with her squeaky toy, so if you hear it in the background, just bear with it. Um, but, I mean, most importantly, on this one more than ever, uh, thank you to, to, to JJ and to Bronx for doing the show in my absence. You know, this was never this was never a uh, venture that was supposed to just be passed on. You know, it was pretty much going to be a deal like when I'm done and I'm tired of doing the show, I was going to end it. Well, unfortunately, that time came a little sooner than I expected and, you know, with a listener base that, you know, Wrestling News Live has, you know, that's not quite fair to the listeners. And you know, it was never meant to be dumped in their laps. Guys, I appreciate the job you've done. Trust me. Um, you know, I like I said, I just don't have a desire for wrestling right now. I don't. Um, hopefully it returns. It, it does for a lot of people. It hasn't for me yet. I watched her all the other night and didn't have any desire to talk about it when it was over with. All I wanted to do was for it to hurry up and finish so I could get on my Xbox. You know, and that's not the kind of person you want to have on the air hosting your shows. So, you know, I just want to say thank you to both of you for holding down the fort in my absence. You know, thanks to Harmony for putting up with JJ while he does such work on the network. And uh, other than that, just let's hope the three of us are still sitting here and doing this again in uh, 2013. True that. True that. Bronx? Merry Christmas to everybody. Well, I mean, not much more to say. You know, Trey said it. And again, thank you guys. I've I've had a great time. I've had a great time with the listeners and the hosts on this network. And, uh, you know, doing TNA Chat Live and doing the Rewind and doing Wrestling News Live and Sunday Night Showdown. It's been awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm going to keep going in 2013. But I hear where Trey is coming from. You know, there comes a point where my love of radio takes over my love of wrestling and I do something else, whether it's talking about fucking anything, sci-fi, TV, you know, I'm hoping in 2013 wrestling will draw us back in and let's see. They've, they've been at low points before they've rebounded. You know, at one point Vince was getting beat so bad by WCW that he almost went out of business and he said he'd rather sell pencils on the street than sell out to WCW so 
let's hope that, you know, next year we'll, we'll keep going and we'll get interested again. But, uh, it's been a great 2012. It's been an interesting 2012. There's been good points, a lot of bad points. And, uh, I'm just looking forward. Looking back doesn't make sense. Amen to that. And I just want to say in closing that, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys, everything that you have, basically the listenership, the, the fact that you guys tune in each and every week, you know, every month of every year that we've been running the last three years. Uh, you know, we do this for you guys. And I just want to say thank you for, you know, being a part of it. But on that note, we're going to get out of here. I want to say keep listening to all the shows here on the SNS Radio Network. And hope you guys have had a good time with us tonight talking wrestling and about Christmas and everything else. But on that note, I do have a special song of the night. I'm going to kick it over to JSK. And uh, let me preface the song of the night. This was back when I had a major, major thing for Mariah Carey, you know, back when she was hot. So uh, we're going we're gonna to end the show with a uh, little Mariah Carey. So JSK, take us out of here, man, for the final show, 2012. My goodness! Cool. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, peace, 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people. I'm out. God, she was so fucking hot back then. Oh. Yes, she was.
On behalf of the Trey Dog, the Bronx Father, Harmony Boom Boom, and myself, Mr. Money on the Mic, and the rest of the SNS Radio Network family, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. We'll see you all in 2013. Good night, everybody.